This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratz with JLB Morelia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Second, okay, so this is going to be episode fifty-eight of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Jacob Bratz, J.O.B. Morelia. Tonight we have Chris Painshab from Badlands Herpeticulture coming on to talk about Lichianus geckos, which is cool. Gotta light me up a cigar real quick. Oh. Speak of the devil, Chris. Hey, what's up, guys? What's, what's going happening? on, man? <clears throat> Y'all hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah, you hear us? It's almost like we're in the room with you. Dude, yeah, this is kind of crazy. Y'all sound like perfect. Awesome. Yeah, we have, sometimes we have problems with uh, guests here being able to hear me, but you can hear me all right. Their Motorola razors just won't work for you? I guess not. <laughs> I think that either either that mic or those cords were or the their, problem. Or a combination of the two. So. Yeah, it, you... You sound like slightly further away, I guess. Okay, so it's but, still I still sound further away, but you can hear me all right? Oh, yeah, I hear you great. Okay, and and cool. I'm good. I'm using my little, I don't know, iPhone things. If that works, it works. Hell, yeah. What are you guys up to? Just... We're, this is our first episode from the Palmetto Coast Exotic Compound. Yeah. We're in my oh, garage awesome, right man. now. I'm lighting up a Neanderthal LH... Oof. I'm just I just got the I just got the tour of the new place and uh I just got done watching the Packers lose. So that was cool. Um nice. yeah. no, not nice. Alright, that was uh that was a rough game. Yeah, my my boys play tomorrow night. I'm real excited about it. Who's your team? Oh the Cowboys. The Cowboys. <laughs> God's Oof. team. Thank you, Oof. sir. God's team, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I heard God was a Packer fan, so and I'm not going to respond to that, but I understand. I heard he didn't even like football. He was a hockey guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that is possible. It is the man sport. Man, that's awesome. I love hockey. Yeah, that, yeah man. That, uh, I, last night I smoked that, uh, what was that? The black trading. Oh, that's Salvation. Salvation, yeah. yeah. That's like the only Pretty cigar tasty. from that company I was impressed with. <laughs> That's why yeah, I said it to you. <laughs> it was like the first half I was like, mm, I don't know about this guy. And then like halfway through, I was like, oh, man, there's all this flavor. And, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a little little more subtle, I guess, even for its kind of size and appearance. You wouldn't yeah. think that. Right. Chris knows where to get his cigars from. So so would you consider yourself a cigar connoisseur like uh, Mr. Smitty here? No, I, I am... Uh, a, a cigar apprentice at this point, I guess. So you just dab, uh, dabble a little bit, dip your toe in the water. I, I, I dabble in the black arts. Nice, yeah, yes, sir. nice. That's uh, fully in, in my soul. Classy as yeah. It'll. I'm. I'll. I'll get there. Much like all these other things. <laughs> these Neanderthal LHs are really good. This is a limited size. Yeah, I'm. I'm a and fan of the uh, the craft, the Roma craft. Yeah, probably Dude, my yeah, Roma craft is absolutely Roma, great. So. He's. You've been to their HQ, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, before so I was jealous. really into smoking what? cigars, I went with a buddy, uh, just to, like dip in and check it out. It's pretty cool. And they sell shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can sell cigars there. 
Huh. Uh, I don't know. That would depend on Texas's laws. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have a few of those, sir. Yeah, oh yeah. Which is kind of ironic because that's supposed to be like when Americans or people think of America, they think of freedom in Texas. And man, <laughs> you you can do and get away with a lot in Texas, but some things are very, very, very uh, strict. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know taxation on on tobacco and alcohol and stuff like that isn't that bad here. Right. Uh, we don't have a state income tax. It's pretty cool. Uh, so a few of those things kind of line up to the to the idea of it, but I mean, good luck getting our our roads fixed ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Texas, South Carolina suck. has the worst roads in the country. Yeah, <clears throat> really. Yeah, they apparently we're we're number one. Yeah. Jeez. Which is yeah. kind of surprising because there's a lot of spots out in the desolate parts of Tennessee that those roads are horrible. And you can tell they built those one time and then they forgot about them. Yeah. Yeah. If you uh, <laughs> if you were ever in this area and you found yourself on the way to, like, Big Bend area, a marathon, Lajitas and stuff like that, there are many highways over there where the speed limit is 80. So that's pretty cool. Just, yeah. that's, I'm sure that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, like, there's, uh, I remember, I remember when I lived in Texas, there were some 80 mile an hour, uh, speedways and i was like what yeah. the hell is like 80 miles okay <laughs> don't have to tell me twice <laughs> yeah 80 miles an hour means as fast as your car goes yeah pretty it much is the <laughs> people in texas drive like maniacs man <laughs> oh my gosh i lived in uh yeah i lived in corpus christi that's and, where he is oh yeah yeah, yeah that's right I, we yeah we talked i thought it was ironic mm-hmm. that uh yeah i lived there for six months but, uh, it is a beautiful city yeah it's all right i've never been to texas <laughs> yeah but it's I, a it's big, man. Yeah, it's, it's quite I want to go to Texas, but it's, I've never it's been real there. big. I did. There was a lot of cool herping around there, though. I actually got a. Do you know the um, Oso Bay Nature Reserve? The Oso Bay Wetlands Preservation yeah. is 500 feet from my front door. I live in that neighborhood. That what? that's where I got bit by the Western Diamondback. <laughs> Are you your property? Real? Yeah, that's. I will send you videos of me. Uh, shooing them off the paths and getting them out in the woods historic so landmark get... yeah that's uh that's where i got bit by the atrox yeah no. out there i did a bunch of herping out there man i i found several rattlesnakes patch nose snakes all kinds of crap i, I have found more atrox in my life than any other snake in the city dude they are like crazy anybody that lives are. in texas they're like they're like the Texas they are squirrels. Out like they're just everywhere. They're everywhere, man. I found babies. I was out there during spring break. That's the when I got bit was during my spring break in while I was in college. Wow. And um, dude, there's just in that day I found like five. What check, uh check, check, what check. year was that? This was two I got uh, I graduated in sixteen, so I think this was spring of two thousand sixteen, I wanna say. Okay. So. Yeah, so I was not in my new house at that point yet, but I did live down the street. So that was after all the trails and stuff were in, for the most part. Oh yeah, all uh, the trails had been there. And they, did they have that neat park, the uh, with the information center where they have the uh, indigo and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, they had just like got that set up. I actually applied for a job there before when I graduated really? college. I applied for a job and I almost got it. I was the I was the second choice, and uh, <clears throat> they came down to me and somebody else, and they went with them. If you ain't first, you last. Yeah. But, uh, Jane cursed you last, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a small world, you know. That's funny yeah, that you that's live pretty, right there. That's crazy. All right. Man, and that's, yeah. All right. No, go What's ahead. That? You're good. Okay. 
Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful little spot, man. And and the Texas tortoises and, and, and some of the species you see around there are just, man, there, there's just so many of them. Oh, I, like I saw, I saw like one of those too. Of I, yeah, I found, a, uh, I found a Texas tortoise. When I saw it, dude, I... I was so confused because I didn't really know about him or anything. And all yeah. of a sudden, I just see this massive tortoise on the side of the trail, and I'm like, "What the hell is a tortoise doing out here?" But yeah, I looked yeah, it up, yeah. and yeah, Texas tortoise. They, they're like a high humidity species of gopher tortoise. I, I don't remember the exact scientific name. In fact, I am going to apologize up front about scientific names. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's I am right. not good at them. That's <clears> all right. <throat> I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah, papayas. It's a papaya <laughs> turtle. Okay, you know what? Just shut up. Uh, all right well let's uh well first before we 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 go any further um we have no fish head question of the week oh the fish head is still sponsoring but they're doing their fish head question of the week in herpeticulture magazine right just because every week either I forget or they forget, you know, just it's keeping just up a, with it. It's everyone's a, just busy. a whole thing. Everyone's busy. I've been busy. I got a house. So, <clears throat> all right, Mister Fishhead is still part of our thing. Yes, we just don't have a question so. of the week anymore. It'll now be like a question of the month, and it'll be in the magazine. Yes, and we will still be reminding you guys to go check out Fishhead Diagnostics to get your animals tested for nidovirus and all that jazz. So we'll keep but you updated I also on them. continually forget to say at the beginning of the show and not the end that this episode is brought to you by Steve Snakeshuary yes. and his venom sauces. If you like hot sauces, as always, there's one for everyone. No matter what you, you like, like, salsa verde, he's got one. Is. You like red wine, he's got one. You like habanero and pineapple and mango, he's got those. Blood orange, mm-hmm. it's there. Everything. You know, make your taste buds fly. Yeah. Might set them on fire a little bit too, but that's all right guys check out the video that we did mm-hmm. with them so if you want to see that give it a full test we even made a little what do they call it when they mix all the soda together is that, is that called a hurricane or suicide or something yeah something like that. Yeah. so we did a suicide with hot sauce that was fun it's a good time yeah for sure relatively so, pain-free i didn't pay for that later that evening no I, my, my bowels were a little uh yeah i didn't have that problem yeah i did also, may have been the milk I drank because I'm that slightly lactose intolerant. Yeah, probably have a lot to do so, with it. you know. Anyways, like I said, this is episode 58. We're here to talk about lychees with our buddy Chris. How do you pronounce your last name? My last name is Painshop. 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 Yeah. Because I was like, that could either be like Payne's Gab or like. Yeah, it's a it's a combination of letters that do not need to necessarily exist with each other. Hey, it's a pretty cool last name. So thanks, man. Yeah, pretty rather cool. German. I'm young. You know, here's here's follow suit. Hey, my I'm brats, man. My, I'm German all the way. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's awesome. I love your hot dogs. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> they're brats. They're not. They're not hot dogs. I got some Pull in the freezer that Katie's ass. dad brought us, and I'm really anxious to crank into those bad boys. Gotta, get get like a hoagie roll with gotta, some mustard. Gotta eat yourself. Mm. A br- gotta eat oh yourself a brat there, bud. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Make, get a, some little edible stickers or something to put your face on and be like, ah. with a bunch of sauerkraut on it. I don't know about that. Stone. I don't do sauerkraut. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Bump the brakes, bud. <laughs> we are. No. This has gone south quick. It's. I, 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 I don't do sauerkraut either. If I'm being honest, so I was just going with just, it. I don't know. Yeah. Like Brussels sprouts, anything cabbage related, really, unless it's coleslaw. 
I don't even I don't even like coleslaw. I know I didn't like coleslaw up until the, the last like year or so. It's then the now texture. now I appreciate a really you the, know you know how good who has good coleslaw? Chick fil A. Chick fil A has good coleslaw. The good. texture reminds me too much of like it's, a a, a, a uh, coconut hard, hard to get coconut texture. Coconut. I don't do coconut texture. Yeah. I don't mind the taste. I like the taste because I'll drink it in my alcohol, but. Like, uh, but, uh, That's everyone's complaint about coconut. No one doesn't, I don't like, like the texture, not like the flavor it's of just, coconut. They just don't like the texture. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a, it's Same a thing with sauerkraut. And to me, it doesn't have much flavor, but anyways, we're getting off track. So Chris, tell <laughs> yeah. us, Derailing yes. this is like, we have, I, I meant to, at some point today, write out an outline and I didn't cause I've been running around all day. Oh, I wasn't worried about this one to be honest. I've, no? I've chatted okay. with Chris off and cool. on and, you know, cause I was we, like, oh man, I gotta, yeah, so this it, one. No, yeah. I, I wasn't worried about this one at all coming into it. I got excited when he told me it was Chris. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. He tags me in uh, Pitch You Office on Instagram and uh, yeah. makes, yeah, yeah, makes yeah. me happy every time. I like Did you him. see that, uh, that pop when I tagged you in yesterday? Pop when you tagged me in yesterday. I tagged you from the magazine's account and a really nice looking pop one on somebody's. Oh, I don't know. I mean, really good looking. Sweet. But, uh, got me excited. But yeah. So. Moving on with this, Chris, tell us about yourself yes, and uh, Badlands or Pediculture. What, uh, what, what are you Yeah, about? yeah. So I have been breeding geckos or some form of lizard for about 20 years. Uh, I started when I was 14 years old. Uh, my dad randomly brought me home a critter keeper with two gold dust day geckos in it. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody from his uh, work gave to him and then kind of following suit in that. I started breeding gold dust egg echoes. It just went from there. And, you know, they're a pain in the butt to keep the babies alive, but they were really neat and ended up really digging the day geckos for about five or six years. Hmm. Uh, got some crested geckos back then when they were, you know, just a crested gecko. Uh, that was pretty <laughs> neat. Worked with those. Did some leopard geckos and bearded dragons and just kind of enjoyed it. I was in scouts. I made it all the way to Eagle Scout. So nice. I was out herping a lot kind of, you know, doing my thing, romping through the bushes and kind of, I don't know, always going through ditches and looking through stuff. And, and, and as I kind of matured into, you know, college, I went through college for a long time and I, I met a wonderful woman who became my wife and I knew that I wanted to do something as a side project. I didn't think I was ever going to really create some kind of a successful business. And I don't think anybody going into it with that mentality is going to have success. I think you, you have to have a passion for it as, as, as a, as a, as a, as a hobby before anything else. Definitely. Right. Uh, and, and, and I started really slow. So I'd say five or six years ago, I had always had like a snake or, or a gecko or mm-hmm. something, you know, I, I don't, I don't, maybe had a two year stint uh, where I didn't have a reptile in my life. And that was just, you know, circumstance, uh, had a lot of alternate throughout the years. And yeah. I, 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 I always, I'm a big fan. Get a baby animal, raise it up. You don't have to breed it. Thank you. And, and you also don't have to, it doesn't have to be yours forever, you know, make the dedication to its life, but you, it's easy to find people that are interested in these species and then you can pass that on. And, and now somebody else can enjoy it. And, right. you know, you know, don't go buy nine ball pythons and then, you know, leave them outside of a pet. I'm going to be rich. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, if, if you, if you find something you're really interested in and, and, and you, you want to, really learn and study yourself on that species. Uh, particularly, you know, there's a lot of really neat geckos out there. Uh, and I, I think you can kind of make a case study saying, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to raise this animal. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to kind of usher it through life. And, and, and if I decide I want to keep the species, I'm going to have it for a really long time. And mm-hmm. 
if, if for some reason I don't, I, I, you know, I'll pass these on and I'll, I'll find somebody a good home and I'll, I'll take care of it till then. And that's kind of where about three or four years ago I was at. I started getting, I, I bred some crested geckos, not many. Uh, then I got into gargoyle geckos, which is like probably my main focus. Yeah, uh, I, I miss my gargoyles. I love man. gargoyles, man. Gargoyles if so, if somebody amazing. held out, you know, some geckos and one of them was a garg and said, you can have any of these and you can only have one, I'd probably choose gargoyles. There was a point in time a couple weeks ago where I was literally on gargoyle classifieds <laughs> looking at them like, no, I'm bringing them back. And then I was like, no, I'm not. Don't no, do it. Just, do it. I've yeah. got like 60 of these things. I'll send you one. <laughs> I never, I had uh, a really smoking, I had a really nice female. You had two. And then nice I was going to borrow... Uh, my male, uh, a male from my friend Amber at uh, Night Owl Exotics. She had a killer male, tons of red. My that female I had was out of this world, mm-hmm. and I put them together, but I never got any action. That male was so terrified of that female. That, that I left happens. him in there for like two or three days sometimes, and still nothing. So I was like, whatever, I'll, man. This dude ain't getting the job done. I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk a little bit on the Ontario territorial uh, issues and stuff with these critters, especially with legies when we get kind of in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what drove me with these geckos, you know, I started getting, you know, I, I wanted, I feel like if you're going to have an animal and you do plan on breeding it, try to find the best version that you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are like, oh man, this, this gecko was only 50 bucks. So uh, I'm going to get three of these and right. oh man, I'll make, I'll make 50 bucks off of every baby I sell. And it's like, well, you kind of went into this with a business mentality, which was wrong, kind of possibly to begin with. Not that it's not good to want to be successful. I think it's extremely important in all of this. But if you would have started with a five or six hundred dollar yeah. animal that was your favorite, now you have a better chance of producing because these things are they're you know, polymorphic. You're not gonna get uh, you know the the thousand dollar gecko mm-hmm. every time or the five hundred dollar gecko every time. Um, so so that'll kind of that leads me into a gentleman by the name of Carl Vargas. Uh, he is one of my closest friends and has been since I was 14 years old, maybe even 13 years old. And, uh, he breeds a lot of leeches and gargoyles. And, uh, he got me turned on, of course, to the leeches. They're, they're, they're amazing, man. They're huge and impressive and and you can do so much with them. And, uh, I think they draw a lot of parallels to your chondros in the sense that they are, once you have them set up and, 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 and kind of clicking, they're pretty easy. But they are not a they are not a simple animal to work with. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and in fact, you'll find there are things that are kind of indicative to them that will uh, throw you. <laughs> man, they'll throw you. They'll throw you curveballs sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, going back to what you're saying about <clears throat> you know doing it, not going into it with the idea of you know I'm calculating that I will make this much money in my first year. You know, whatever. Yeah. My mentality with. Palmetto Coast Exotics with the magazine with the podcast mm-hmm. like just do it wherever it takes you is where it takes you expect nothing from it mm-hmm. and I think if you go in with that sort of blank slate mentality all the other good stuff that you would hope to get from it is going to happen as a result and at that, absolutely yeah. with that same mindset you don't you don't set yourself up for disappointment right. because let's, yes. I mean, I, I don't mean to be a downer for anybody, but you know, realistically not the large majority of us are not going to make it as some huge big time breeder. Well, I mean, even breeding, you no. know what I mean? Just even breeding at all. Some, some people, it just may not be for them, you know, but Fair if enough. you, if you walk into this with the mentality of, you know, I'm really, I'm just doing this because I love it. I'm not really going to gain much from it, but I'm going to do it. 
you know, that there's nothing to disappoint. Anything, anything you get from it is a positive. It's a gain because, you know, you might yeah, have, absolutely. it's you, obviously you need, you want ideas and goals and, you know, a vision of where you want to go. But, you know, I think it's like just, you continually punt, uh, the disappointment down the field. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, absolutely. I'm going to pair these chondros. It's, you know, I'm probably going to get a bunch of duds. And so then she lays eggs. Cool. They're not a bunch of duds. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm probably going to lose like half of them at least, you know, to incubation. Okay. Either it happens yeah. or it doesn't. Oh, yeah. If it doesn't, awesome. Okay. I'm probably going to lose a bunch of these babies because they're not going to eat or they're going to have problems. You know, and right. so you just continually like expect the prepare, worst. Prepare for the worst and hope for the best kind of deal. <laughs> right. You know? a- and, absolutely. Yeah. You know, a success is a success. Right. You know, count your wins, count your losses, learn from them, and then just continue to move forward. I feel like that's where yeah. that's where a lot of people give up is like their first season trying. You know, they either don't yeah. get eggs or all they have a bunch of slugs or their their babies won't eat or you know all the babies came out one and you only get one alive. You know, and it's a normal. That's a patience and that's, thing. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh man, like people don't want to wait that extra year. Yeah, and that's people one of those. Have to wait a year it's because so many people want that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. It's like learning a new instrument. You know, people don't pick it up. They can't play their favorite song in a week and they stop. It's like you have to, sometimes you have to put in that, that effort, that time. I was talking to Riley Jimison yesterday and he hatched out those Western hogs or not the Western hogs, the Madagascar hogs. And he lost the male. The male's been struggling since like day one. So the male finally kicked the bucket and he's like, yeah, I'm really bummed about it. I was like, yeah, but you still like you hatched one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like next still, year, he still has one. You're going like, to kill he still it. Has next a girl. Year. It was like, now you kind of, you're starting to break the code, you right. know, crack the code on him. It was like, so next year you're going to kill it. They've already bred once. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's like yeah. you're getting there. It's, it's, yeah. The, 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 the success there was, was the, the actual completion of, of what happened and what he did. Uh, just, just because there was a small, small failure on the back end. He still had more success than I mean anybody I've yeah. heard of, right? Right. Uh, you know, and, and even and, uh, even eggs alone would have been a plus because that's yeah. it's one of those niche species that you just don't. A lot of people don't work with them, don't breed them. There's a lot of species out there like that. So any amount of progress that you get, even to get eggs, was a huge step. You know, and to Absolutely. still have a baby that's thriving, I mean, amazing. That species what that's been bred in captivity probably. You can count on one hand. Yeah, how many times exactly. I want to say it's yeah. been five, three to five. So, I think. So. I think that's that to me is a big deal. And for him to sit back and say, you know, I'm going to sell these to someone who has kept them longer than I and knows more what they're doing. To be able to sit back and kind of like do that to me is that says a lot about yeah. Riley. You know, but, to be able to say, but, I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm going to send it to someone who can really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm going to try again next year, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. That, that's that. That's really, really, really good points to be to be looking at with this. Uh, you know, it's not the idea of creating a business, and, and and I and I think you guys even hit once talking about reputation and how you build your your reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you kind of you kind of don't. Other people do. Your right. your you you your reputation is based off of uh, the actions and decisions you make and the care for your animals, the 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 quality control, as it were. The, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. your connection to what a, a to be customer or just somebody, you know, some, some kid messages you just you and wants you to know, Hey, what, what tents do you keep your chondros at? You know, what, what are you, what are you going to tell them? Hey man, go read a book. Sure. You, you know, you can, and, but I don't think you would do that. I, you know, it, it's you're, you're, you, you don't always have time for every question, but you also do want to, you know, steer people, steer, it's a steer people in the right act. corrections. Yeah. 
it's for it's sure tough it's for really sure. yeah and, and you know like with, with gargoyles i've you know i guess i've been breeding gargoyles pretty seriously for three or four years leeches for 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 three years or so uh, and that's not long compared to a lot of people uh mm-hmm. in fact one of the pairings i did was with my, my friend uh he has a male that's 18 years old and i just wanted to pair one of my females with that male uh so i did and and i mean and just to stop and think man this 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 animal is thriving it's 18 years old it looks like a you know a fresh adult guard uh and 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 now i have those genetics in my collection is yeah. is beyond you know it it takes another step into that does that animal live with me for 20 25 years and, and continue to do the same thing passing on that idea uh Right. So yeah, it's little things like that, that I feel like people don't look at. Like, uh, one thing that, you know, at least to me, I think promoting strong feeders for breeding is a really Mm -hmm. good, good thing. You know, people always look for color and, you know, obviously that's a huge part of a selective breeding project, but to promote, you know, the better feeders should be the first ones in line to breed, you know, to promote those, those genetics going See, forward. That's tough you know, if it's and, a first timer though. And you don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Right. You know, yeah. but, I but mean, to an extent, yes, right. Yeah. But you can look at a female, like I have a handful of females that, you know, they'll take food usually, but sometimes they're iffy about it. A lot of them drop a lot of times. It's not like I'm never going to breed them, but in the same sense, it's like, you know, if they don't have to go, I'm probably not going to promote that. Didn't you have a whole was it a female or a male that you had? You moved her into a bigger tub and it stopped eating, but you put it back in the smaller tub and it started eating mm-hmm. again. Yeah, I do think... you still have issues with that one? Because someone I was telling somebody about that the other day. Yeah, like, I moved in and it stopped eating. I was like, sometimes they just no. It smaller. was it was a baby that I sold. Was it? Yeah, I sold a baby and uh, I they had. This was before you hatched them though. I may have been. I, I don't know, but just adults. just recently, um, somebody who bought one of the babies that I produced, they put him into, and he was a solid fear. He would slam. I only sold the babies that ate really really well um i actually held back one of, i held back one of two of three females i got i sold one but i kept i kept back the least nicest of the three mm-hmm. simply because it wasn't a good eater and i didn't want to sell that off to somebody to give them problems yeah, but for um sure. but yeah she got it and she put him this was one of the males he was amazing with me and i put him in a 15 court and she offered him food a few days after she got him and he refused and I was like, okay, either A, give him a few days, or B, try putting him in a six court, changing it up. She mm-hmm. put him in a six court, offered him food two days later, and he took without a hesitation. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Well, th- that female green tree that I just moved into the Python mm-hmm. portal a couple of weeks ago that has a light and stuff, mm-hmm. she used to be an absolute monster with food when she was in that 20 court. Mm-hmm. Put her in that, and now she's like really finicky. Yeah. It's the, that's that's one thing I'm worried about because I did just do some upgrades on some smaller carpets. Um, I've got one female that was finicky, and now she's in even bigger enclosures, <clears throat> so I'm kind of wondering how she's going to react. But I think, I mean, that says a lot. Like, that's that comes back to what we've talked about before of, like, reading your animals. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, Clearly, this female of mine has stopped eating. She doesn't feel secure, so what I need to do, and I have the fake plants and stuff, I just need to add them in there. She just needs more coverage. Right. She needs more yeah. barriers. Like, I have no and doubt she'll get back to food once I do that. And it's amazing what simply adding even one small plant can do for an animal. You know, I've had animals, I had that on a baby, even in a six quart, didn't want to eat. Then I added a, an extra hide, like just a little piece of cardboard for an extra hide, and I added a small plant, ate the next try. You know, that little, those little, little things to pay attention to. You can you tell know? you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And, and, and there, there's, you know, I've, I've, I've had some babies that come out 
and just won't eat good. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they won't eat the, you know, say I'm using Pangea or something for, for, a, for a regular diet. Uh, they, they don't eat well and then they continue on. I, I've got babies that are a year and a half old that are just tiny and scrawny and they just don't eat. You know, you, I could sit there and hand feed them and, and, you know, give them individual dubias or, you know, whatever. And, and, but then is it right to take that animal and turn around and breed it? And, and, and say, okay, well now maybe we'll have another generation of that. And maybe mm-hmm. if we get far enough along, they'll, they'll just, they won't even come out of the egg and now we'll depress everybody. Yeah. Uh, right. Th- and know, that, that's what I'm getting at with like, you know, like you said, you know, the long, the, the animal that lived a longer time, you know, and the, versus yeah. the animal that feeds really well, you know, it's about yep, promoting yep, yeah. those little inner genetics that you don't necessarily see on like on a physical standpoint, like it's not color see, pattern or anything like that. It's more instinct. That's you know. a tough thing to navigate too, because you know condors are a prime example of that. Like babies, for the most part, doesn't matter what the parents were, doesn't matter how difficult the parents right. were. Like babies are going to be tough. Alterna, prime example. Mm-hmm. Babies are going to be tough regardless. That's right. just the species. So it's like, do you? My green trees. You know, I've said it a million times. Like struggled to get them going. Offered chick down. All of them ate like champions, mm-hmm. and none of them have refused a meal since. Every right. single one I've sent out has been doing phenomenally, and mm-hmm. everyone has got great. it. You know, like so, it's kind of. I can understand if it's a, you know, maybe ball pythons or, um, you know, Amazon trebos or something. I don't know. I I think it's just from from like a species to species basis. You know, maybe that's a thing. Like. Carpets, I can understand because carpets, yeah. like yeah, no, no, I definitely, you never I, have I definitely, carpets. yeah, no, even, but you know, you will get those ones that do give yeah. you problems. Like I have a female that went weeks without food. I changed up her enclosure, added a little bit, and she just took another fuzzy for me the other day. So that's great. She's hmm. going again, but she's literally half the size of her her sister and her brother. I guess it's so trying to decipher it, the two of like, right. is it just the species or is it the actual genetics? Yeah, is and it it's like you know, if a hood? species if a species is hard to get going, then it's just hard to get going. That's just how it is. But in my case, it's like you know, I knew. Even if this girl begins to start feeding really well, it doesn't skip, you know, or if she's just kind of finicky, whatever. It's like, is that something I want to continue to promote down the line? You know what I mean? You know, or, you know, and who's to say that something like that will 100% be passed on the offspring, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's little things. I don't think it could hurt to, you know, breed a female that or a snake that's always been a good feeder versus one that hasn't, you know. Well, like pairings too, because my female green tree that I paired, she's a, she eats anything with a monster. Pulse. She is a monster. The male, on the other hand, I could for the longest time but only eat live. Right. So yeah. it's like I don't know. You, it, you got that kind just of so many variables that go into right. it. Yeah. Or or you'll have one that really likes you know maybe maybe you raised it with uh, rat pinks and it'll eat like winged rats yeah, but it like won't eat an adult mouse yeah. or right or, or I, I have one of my one of my bigger female uh, say I uh, my my bull snakes. She she will only eat mice. She will not switch over to rats. She does not want anything to do with rats. She thinks they're disgusting. She'll sit there and hiss and poop and shake yeah. her tail and everything at you. Yeah, man. You give her. A... Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say I've got a I've got an adult female I'm breeding this year, a, a poplin carpet, that she's been a mouser her entire life. She. I've even offered her rats and kind of like snuck them in on her. So she had the quick reflex to respond. She smacked them food response all the way and then freaked out as soon as she realized it wasn't a mouse. She's terrified yeah, it was of rats. Else, right? Yeah. It's so weird, but yeah. So this, you know, this can kind of lean into one thing that is part of the, the building a collection and kind of and creating that business. How would you feel if you took that animal 
and and unknowingly sold it. You know, you sold it to somebody else and they unknowingly got it and then couldn't feed it. It's one of those, you know, a lot of people are out there looking only for adult animals, not wanting to work with them, not wanting to raise them, not wanting to learn them. And, and, and you know, sometimes that kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we learn these animals by raising them and, and, and kind of we find their little idiosyncrasies. Uh, and then and then some people just kind of try to skirt that. And, and jump right in and, and that's kind of that mm-hmm. one year you know oh I, I just bought you know you know 20 ready to breed leeches let's see what happens and yeah. you're gonna have a real bad that time. happens a lot i mean that happened to my dad with these gray bands yeah he paired up oh yeah like three or four of them yeah and i don't think he realized just how i mean he knew they'd be difficult but i don't think he knew they'd be this difficult right and so now when i was talking to him the other day he's like yeah i'm not gonna pair as many yeah, <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely gonna be a little more picky and choosy about that because these things make the condors look like a freaking cakewalk. Yeah. So, so back when I was kind of in college, I had maybe five or six alternate. I bought them all as hatchlings after their first shed, never ate, and I got them all eating. That was kind of the challenge yeah. of it, and and, I, and it made us a pain in the butt. But I have found a snake that is harder, <laughs> and it. I have tried every trick in the book, and and that's I have a little trio of F1 Brewster County uh, Mexican hognose snakes. Oh, man. And, yeah. and, and yeah, they're not, they're not toad eaters. They're not anything eaters. They're, they're just, they hate you. <laughs> they <laughs> hate little you. Cobras. They hate life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these things are probably 15 grams. They're tiny and they're, they're Gosh, extremely man. overly aggressive. And, you know, you introduce anything to them and they just lose it. Have you tried uh, anything like fish? related like a minute i have tried tuna and salmon juice i have not gone to minnows yeah, i yet. tried tuna um, juice with the alterna and got nowhere yeah. they were like what the hell dude what is this? yeah is this uh, with alterna i had a lot of success with uh anoles and the, the gulf coast toads we have around here yeah we tried anoles um, and we didn't get any actually my dad just got another christmas mountain female from a guy i think out your way and he sent him some curly tail lizards and then some of the brown perfect animals. yeah so that's a good we're one we're gonna try those i don't know if he's tried scenting with those yet or mm-hmm. not but he needs to we, either freeze we, them or keep them alive and take care of them like they're pets so he can continue to yeah use them. yeah that, that's what we would do we would we would keep toads uh you know just a little five gallon and kind of set them up keep them alive and then and then use their 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 excrement yeah their 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 their, their body functions and uh actually freeze that and then put the mice in there when it thaws out kind of let them all get juicy mm-hmm. together it's kind of mm-hmm. gross and you're like oh you're just feeding your snake you know toad poop i'm like well if it would have ate that toad it would have gotten the poop too so yeah, right exactly uh but if it works and then once it gets them on that pattern man you get them on that you you get you get alternative going and usually yeah, they're, they're and pretty strong feeders. same thing with chondros you know once you get them going they're fine yeah like, they're, they're, beasts, they're yeah. really easy to keep it's that original getting them there that's yeah. like oh my god that's why whenever people ask me about my clutch you know my breeding season i'm like i'm not a good person to ask like i had it way too easy I really did with, yeah. with my babies. Yeah, they, they're, they're like, oh, was it hard? I'm like, no, it was so easy. Get those like, guys I, with chondros it's, like that. yeah. Like, I, oh, they all eat the first time. It's like, okay, come yeah, back to us next year and let us know how it works yeah, out. No, beginner's so I was like, I'm not, I'm not counting my, my, yeah. my chickens before they hatch. Like, I got lucky with this clutch. We'll see how the this year goes <laughs> with babies. Yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward. Uh, you know, some of the species I'm pairing up this coming coming season. 
Uh, I got some really nice Chesapeake Bay Eastern Kings, and they are the most aggressive feeders on the planet. Oh, Eastern Kings, Eastern Kings are, are insane, dude. Oh, my yeah, God. They, I, I am terrified to pair these these guys up. I, I've, I've had them for three oh, years man. since they were little wiggle worms, and I, I, I love these things to death, and I just know for a fact that, the, man, the female, she'll, she'll start swallowing tongs if you're not careful. That's me and Ryan Cox were talking about this very thing yesterday. He's like, he, we were talking about uh, the Easterns and then the Nigra, which are like the blacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, man, there's like two groups of Lampropeltis. So I was like, you have your calm Lampropeltis, like the Alterna, and then I have what you call the Methropeltis. Like <laughs> your Easterns, <laughs> your, your Brooks. Therai, your Brooks. Like, Those Brooks yeah. kings are all just, freaking, they're freaking spazzy, they're dude. insane, yeah. man. Terrifying. They are just, they're off. When they grab something, they, they it's like they eat, wrap their entire body around it, man. I used to have a little Brooks. And you'd feed that thing a fuzzy, and it would wrap its entire body around that thing. You wouldn't even be able to yeah. see the house. They're so cool, though, man. They're, they're, yeah, they're, and you know, they're, they're surprisingly handleable. I guess I, I'm not gonna say tame. Uh, one thing I am not gonna do long time about reptiles is anthropomorphize them. Yeah, uh, I, I, a lot of people get in there and they're booping snoots their and whatnot. Snoots booped. Shut the yeah, shut yeah. Up. I'm gonna boot the snoot on this bad boy over here. I'm gonna lose a finger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I'm all, I'm like I, I got these uh, black pine snakes. You want to come over here and boop their snoots? I have a video camera ready to go. Yeah, I was like uh, uh, I I always tell people I was like I got a scrub python that would really enjoy it if uh, you, <laughs> oh that's right you want to come stick yeah. its stick your finger. I want to come see face. how big it is now. He's got he's is it a, it's a male right? Yeah, he's male. Can't remember if it's male or female. He's in have, have you guys gotten uh, rough scales yet? No. Oh, dude! That, out of our tax that's, bracket. That's out of our tax bracket. I have for a now. mortgage now, so it's definitely for not now. happening anytime soon. <laughs> if, if 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 pythons were legal in Corpus Christi, that is probably the first species I would buy a pair right now. They're yeah. illegal. Like, I could to get any species is, is illegal. Any species? Yeah, of so python. really? Yeah, dude. It's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> it's so, it's, it's, Nuez, it's Nueces County, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Nueces County has a city ordinance that is or a county ordinance. It is uh, pythons, boas, venomous, varanids, uh, and then it even dips down into some of the rear fang. Uh, you can't have false water cobras. You can't have boiga. Uh, they, they, they even have species listed from the colubrid family that, that you can't have, which is was very surprising. Um, but, yeah, so yeah, that, it's, that's it's a little silly. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, you would think it's not that enforced, uh, but my rosy bow has had to go real quick once I got my tax ID license. I guess Oof. there's some level of vetting yeah. that can happen mm-hmm. uh, through the Fish and Wildlife Service. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, and see, now in Texas, if we're selling a native species or breeding a native species, uh, you, you have to have a special license to be able to sell them. Uh, so, you know, I'm not breeding bull snakes this year, but because they're native to Texas, uh, I, I would need that. Um, when I bred coleonyx brevis that's native to texas in order to sell those i have to have my my tax there's a specific license that marries to your tax id i think i'm saying this correctly I, you know you go through the process it's a bunch of paperwork yeah you don't uh, want yeah, those so, mangrove snakes taking over texas you know we don't want another bomb situation they'll I, eat all the atrox and the the crap you know, the crap thing i heard is like new Oasis county has this order now i don't know if this is true or not but supposedly that the law is in place only in Nueces County because you can drive 30 minutes to Robstown and keep whatever yes. the hell you want. But right yeah. there in Nueces County, apparently there's a section in it that's like, 
only a couple square miles, but apparently that section in Nueces County never drops below 32 degrees. So their excuse is since that section doesn't drop that cold ever that yeah that yeah. that because they can go to that spot and it won't kill off anything invasive. Yeah, but yeah, and that's, I'm like, dude, that's such bullshit. How no? But yeah, that the people making the laws have no idea what they're talking. Yeah, exactly. About. And, and and it's it's in place to a point where it's it's as far as I can tell, it's not going anywhere. Uh, it's there's there's almost nothing you can do to change this city ordinance because you just don't have the money or the legislation to get it done right, right? Mm-hmm. it's i mean what do you get you know what you can go lobby you can go pitch it in the city meeting but what what are you gonna you know where's it gonna get you and, and i've emailed us arc about it uh i don't i don't understand why i i can drive nine minutes from my house to you know and, and be outside of the new Oasis county limit and have anything i want yeah you know what I mean? But, you know, you, you, you drive three minutes back, five minutes back. And, oh, that's 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 the line. Yep. You know, everything. Criminal. Out. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's it's, the, you know, and Texas is pretty relaxed on you. You can have just about anything in Texas. You can even have Texas protected species. So you can own uh, Louisiana pine snakes and uh, Texas indigos. Yeah. Uh, you, you do have to register with Fish and Wildlife. As far as I know, you have to have your interstate commerce license to bring them in because you cannot buy them in Texas. So if you buy them from out of state, you can prove that you did that. Uh, but at which point you cannot breed them uh, or or sell them. So And also, like, take this as a grain of salt. I'm not, like, you know, a governmental scientist. I don't know if this is exactly the, the correct wording to say these things. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was on a list for Louisiana pines this year and I was going through the work to get them in and, and ended up actually just having to back out. It, it's, it's a lot of work. Jeez. Uh, it's a, it's a weird man, but, but you know, there's States where you can't have snakes that live in your state period. Right. So like in Georgia, you Georgia, can't have corn snakes. You can't own shit That's, in Georgia, man. That's yeah. why I'm like, how crazy. are any of those expos any fun? Yeah. Cause like half <laughs> the stuff you can't even keep. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. I mean, you can keep and then, pythons and shit, but <laughs> those are those are animals that people keep. Um, so yeah, that's kind of. Anyways, no. uh, were we supposed to talk about leeches? Yeah, okay, we're about to go on nine million tangents. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's let's bring her back in and. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll kind of kind of give you a little rundown. So so the. Uh, the species is pretty amazing. Um, they're 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 a surprisingly, like I said, they're they're an easy, very easy to keep and care for species. If, okay. Oh, oh we're, we're we're having some technical difficulties. One it's second. Looking like B Real's car in here right now, from Cypress Hill. Yeah. Hello, my name is Doctor Green Thumb. I'd like to tell you just where I'm from. We're gonna have to open the garage door in here. There's a lot of smoke in here. Okay, start, start, start yeah, that I'm, over. I'm sorry. I figured I would have to do that. But... Uh, yeah, it freaking scared the shit out of me. It sounded real, uh, real aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, really neat species. Uh, kind of like I mentioned on before, they are they're they're relatively easy to keep. You gotta knock a couple parameters out of the park. Uh, 
and, and just kind of keep a few things in mind. Uh, and then once we kind of talk a little bit more about pairing and breeding, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of delve into that. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the really neat things about them is the diversity of them. Uh, they're very polymorphic. And obviously we know there's, there's a lot of different localities. Um, you have your GTs that can be huge. You have, you know, your, your insular, uh, localities your your nuanas nuambis and there's there's tons of there's there's like 22 different localities something like that. um and they all have unique looks to some extent uh now there is not i feel like a lot of homework that has been done of people going over there and actually being like okay well this is this is textbook you know yate this is what a yate should look like even though now in the hobby we all have an idea of what a what a, what a yate looks like uh, which, which is going to be one of your your, your GT species, one of your main island species, uh, localities, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- these things were all brought over, you know, in boxes and like toilet paper rolls and stuff like that. And then they just said, these are where we think they're from or this is where they were from. Uh, so, th- so there's a little bit of muddling. Uh, you know, some people get into this very, uh, very decisive, th- this animal is 25% this and 25% this and 50% this. I think unless you have uh, a, a little bit of lineage and a little bit of homework done, uh, you should probably just keep it to individual locality and then just say it's a non-locale specific animal. I mean, you could have a big, beautiful, you know, green and yellow alligator looking. Yeah. It needs and, and to be not, a locality. Otherwise, does it even, is it even real? Is it even actually a lychee or any other locality animal? Yeah. It, you know, and, 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 and now kind of getting into these lizards, they, they are very expensive. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> you know you know I I you don't find a lot under a thousand dollars. Not the not the pure stuff at least. Like, yeah, oh uh, you're you're not I mean if you're looking at like a yate, uh which is probably the, the coolest species. This is the one the big ones. They get over four hundred grams, they're massive, they're yeah. you know, they they tend to be aggressive. They 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 have really neat uh you know, they they fire up and fire down. They're they're they they, they depending on temperature and, and 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 mood and stuff like that. They have a really wide range of coloration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I don't think I've seen a baby under twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, no, they're, uh, the, they're the cheapest leeches I've seen were just like crosses of some sorts. Yeah, and, and they were Still, like they three. Were like... And this was the cheapest I've seen was three fifty. Was it for a baby? Yeah. yeah. Somebody. Well, I should say somebody offered me one for three fifty. I was. Yeah, I, I was about I, to say that's that's a good price. It was like that's I think I want to say it was the dude had like four fifty five hundred on that's it. That's the and, cheapest I've seen. It was like four hundred. Me and my you know the girl I was dating at the time. Well, I was in Corpus actually. She was really into geckos. And, I bet uh, it was uh, if you were at the Herp show or yeah, that, of, that's it what it was. It was yeah, the it was, Rob's it was, Town. It was probably Carl, uh, South Tex Gex. Uh, but he 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 breeds. He has a lot yeah. of leeches. Yeah, uh, probably. So, and he's he's got some beautiful stuff. Um, so also within this 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 species, there are a couple morphs. Uh, you know, a lot of it's line bred stuff, po- right. polygenics, uh, similar to crested geckos. Yeah, right. exactly. But there is a what's known as the dark morph, which is like a melanistic. Okay. Uh, and in, it, it is. As far as I know, a simple recessive trait. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take a melanistic animal and breed it to a normal animal, you're going to have a darker baby, almost like a a, a, a visual het kind of thing. But if you take that and breed it back to another head or, or another, you know, visual melanistic, you get a very, I mean, they're, they're, they're strikingly different. Like that, when you see one, you know, that's one of the, it's kind of like with, well, I guess uh, it, it would be similar with uh, the exanthic uh, morph and mm-hmm. uh, carpet pythons. A lot of people are trying to, 
are trying to say it's a co-dominant mutation because the hets do you can see a little bit of a visual representation of the exanthic you know they can they're a little lighter okay. a little a little faded you can kind of see some silvering in there you know and then you get the yeah. full-on exanthic so there's some people will say you know right now they're saying they're hets and they're technically they are recessive but people are trying to lean more towards the incomplete dominant side of that but sounds similar to that in a way yeah yeah and, and, and that's exactly it right. uh, you know and, and 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 again i it, obviously it's not something i work with that that's that's out of a that's a that's a big leap in uh in in, in financials to, to work with something <laughs> like that um in fact i think only a handful of people in the united states do work with them maybe four right uh they're they're, they're very special animals and then that's going to kind of lead into so we'll, 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 we'll once we get into breeding i think breeding is where these animals kind of become complex uh, as far as care uh I, I think there's some some little standards you want to keep uh, as 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 close as you can. Um, I actually pulled up some weather information on New Caledonia uh, just before talking, just so I can kind of you know visit on temperatures. I, I think temperature is something that people kind of really freak out with, mm-hmm. and I think this kind of again parallels the the condros, and that you don't want them too hot. Uh, a, a lot of people you know used to think, man, it's 90 95 degrees easy on these snakes and and, you know, same thing with leeches. I see a lot of people say that they want to keep them 80 to 85, um, which which I think they'll they'll thrive at. They'll be fine. Uh, you know, these things are pretty bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep my room uh, ambient about 75, 76 degrees. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and I have had absolute amazing success with babies, adults. And that'll, that'll go into, like, Gargoyles, crested, Strassinorum, uh, Chihuahuas, any, any of these, any of these animals uh, have have really done well at that temperature. Now, I, I will have sometimes on a hot day it'll get up to seventy nine, eighty, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is going to be the highest end of that spectrum. And if we kind of look at highs, average highs, not not what it can be, but you know your average in New Caledonia, you'll kind of see something like that. Uh, you have you have an average temperature about 75 to 77 degrees. See, I um, think, you know, it, I think having those occasional days they get up into the 80s. That's not a bad thing. Oh, because no, it's extremely I think, important. Yeah, yeah, I think those that fluctuation in temperature is very very important, you know, cuz we keep these things in boxes. Let's be realistic. Yeah. So like there, there's yeah. only so as there's only so much natural things you can do, but Little things like a temperature fluctuation. You know, if it's constantly 75 in there, 24-7, like, that's not natural. But if some no, days it's 77, 78, the occasional day it gets up in the 80, you know, it's like, I think that's yeah. that's good. Little fluctuations. Yeah, yeah little things hey, make a difference. And and, it, and we're going to say in retrospect the same thing. Now, during the winter, I want my room to dip down to the low 70s. Uh, you know, right. I want to see I want to see 69 to 71 degrees. Um, right. And, and I feel like if you have like a perfect room that holds that perfect temperature all, all year long, it's probably stagnant. You probably don't have good airflow, probably right? Not, because that, yeah. that's, that's your next problem is ventilation. Uh, you, you want ventilation and humidity. I think there's, there's a little battle that goes on with that. Mm. You want ventilation. You, you want fresh air in and out. You'll see. A, a difference in, in, in the activity in these animals when they, when they're able to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I use a lot of tubs uh, for babies right. and, 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 and some adults, uh, especially I, I separate my animals during the winter. Just, that's just something I do. And we'll get to that when we get to breeding. Um, I try to put as much ventilation as I can. Uh, 
So I'm a little I'm a little lucky as far as humidity goes. My ambient humidity in my room is about 55 percent, and that's that's because Corpus is about 10 billion percent all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I and you know, if, Jake, you've been here. I, I'm I'm I can walk to the ocean real quick. The Ozo yeah. Bay. So it, so my humidity is really high. Yeah, it's the exactly the same here. Our humidity, we literally live on the water. The humidity, even yeah. dead of the winter, the lowest it'll get is maybe 30%. Yeah, and you know, I didn't yeah. realize that we live so close to the water. Like, if you keep going down this road here and around mm-hmm. the corner, it's River. like right there on Lucy yeah. Creek. Mm-hmm. That's yep. good. Side That's note. good. Fresh air, lots of humidity. Yep. Uh, you, you want, and, and I'm... Uh, uh, I, I'm saying what I do, uh, and I mirror some of the people that I look up to, what they do. Um, this is not the end-all, be-all. You, you may find somebody else does something different. Uh, I prefer a glass enclosure over a plastic enclosure just for that ventilation that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But I have a higher ambient humidity. If you're somewhere where you don't have that, you probably want to be looking into PVC or, or, or something plastic that's going to hold your humidity a little better. Right. Python uh, portals. Yep. <laughs> those are great. Those are uh, – I'm, I'm planning on getting a couple of them uh, for my for my tubs. I use like a – I don't know what size sterilites these are. But uh, I, I use certain sterilites that have the locking lids uh, for, for a lot of my animals, actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, put lots of, I put those little DIY vent, uh, caps in there, the little two inch drill a little hole. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, they do, they do, <laughs> they, they work wonders, but I'm, I'm planning on using some of the Python portals. So it kind of just becomes a little mobile, uh, little, little enclosure, I guess. Yeah, man, they're, I, they're great. Uh, I, I put my third one together the other day. Nice. I figured out what the issue is and we didn't say this on the video when we were putting them together. Cause it completely skipped my mind. Those long, the, the tracks for the top and the bottom, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be a deep one and they're supposed to be a shallow one for that drop drop in window thing. Is the deep one supposed to be on the bottom or top? Top. Top. But we didn't even pay attention to that. We just right. put them together. Yeah. Because the one that I just finished for the male cyania uh-huh. had both pieces. Because when I went to the guy, I said, with the one before this that I made for the male from Evan, mm-hmm. the one at the condor I just got, he's like, yeah, I can't do that because these are both the shallow track. And that's when I was like... Okay, so that's why they have to take off the end and right. put the glass in. So if we so next so, time when we build, we need to pay attention to what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. So were you able to make one with uh, the yeah. where you can remove the glass? Nice. That's good. To Pretty know. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely going to get some of those and try them out. I, I, they're kind of perfect. Yeah. That was an ingenious thing for him to kind of design and come up with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one more thing, kind of keep it on that humidity and ventilation. Yeah, yeah. I, on all of my leeches, and I, and I don't do this with any of the other uh, rachidactylists that I've kept or, or you know, your Corylophus or, 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 or such, they always have fresh, clean water bowls. Of all of these animals, they I have seen every single one of mine and drinking out of a water bowl. Wow. Uh, I don't know if that's because the way they live in the wild, they're up on the sides of trees and you know, water will kind of pull up in a leaf or a, a little nook mm-hmm. in the tree. But they definitely, I mean, they will absolutely sit and drink out of water bowls, every single one of them. Hmm. Yeah, I never uh, saw any of mine drink, but I always offered them fresh water anyways, like they had a bowl. It, mm-hmm. it, so. And you know, you're, you're, you're not going to hurt anything. Yeah, right? exactly. You're, you know, you're not, you're, you're, you're not uh, unless you find that they're like soaking too much. Uh, leeches don't like being wet. Uh, they, they don't like being sprayed. Uh, I, in fact, I, I spray uh, in the early evening uh, every night and only in the evening. Uh, don't don't spray in the mornings or twice a day or any of that. It's very light, and I try to just keep it to the sides of the tank. Uh, mm-hmm. Ups that humidity for the night, and then uh, 
you know, they'll, they'll, they'll lick off the wall usually. And, but I try to not get, get directly on any of my animals. Uh, there's been studies of, or, or study, not studies, uh, cases of people having, you know, sores or, or, or even little issues popping up on leeches from being sprayed. And I don't know if it's, it's something with the skin that it's, you know, not something I have a, a, a direct answer for, but I know it's just something you kind of want to avoid. Not, mm. it's not something, I mean, you, you want to, you know, you want to spray it before you boop it snoot or whatever. That's fine. Uh, but <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, some people are like, Oh, well it's licking the, the, moisture off of its nose it, it was thirsty and i'm like well i mean you also sprayed its face so <laughs> yeah when, it's, <laughs> you know, when its, it's nostrils are covered with water it's trying to breathe it's yeah. not thirsty <laughs> yeah it turns out uh, it doesn't have eyelids so it's actually just cleaning its eye you're actually oh. drowning it so uh <laughs> waterboarding cool. it <laughs> you're waterboarding it what'd you do with the pangea players? <laughs> side note uh, i just lit up a neanderthal hn and it is a completely okay. different tasting cigar than the lh even though it's the same blend just a yeah, so they're the, the size same blend, same same wrapper, everything's just a different size and shape. Huh. Yeah, it's wild. The All right, I'm gonna dip on the cigars LH. real quick. The intemperance, uh, you know, there's the Connecticut and the Brazilian. Mm-hmm. I find on the Brazilian, I like a specific size, and then on the Connecticut, I like. I don't know if it's called the Bellicoso, the 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 kind of torpedo end one. Yeah, it's like a uh, Parejo, I think is what they call it. Yeah, there's so many names for these sizes. Mm-hmm. It's tough, uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of funny something that that is a similar blend of of tobacco but has a different wrapper uh and then different sizes you'll you'll find different flavor profiles and and uh kind of textures to the smoke i guess it's pretty pretty, people don't realize how complex it is it's a lot like wine oh yeah and see me me and my wife are big time uh, wine drinkers we even have like some wine subscriptions and stuff like that Uh, so there's there's a lot of appreciation coming from uh, something that you know, even though, yeah, it's, it is an alcoholic drink and yeah, it is, you know, a party and stuff, but the, the complexities of yeah. it and the care that goes into it, and then you come into something. I, I love a, a craft, uh, craft experience, I yeah. guess. I don't know if that's supposed to, and I, and I feel like we, we can do that with animals as well. Uh, you know, you yeah, can really, absolutely. You, you can, I keep feeding cards for all of my snakes. I keep, you know, uh, data as to when I see lockups with my geckos or lays hatches and stuff like that. And, and, and I can. I can deliver that to somebody as part of the purchasing that animal and, and passing it on. I can have parent pictures. I can have lineage. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there, there's, it's, it's the, that little bit of care on the backside it doesn't have anything to do with the care of your animals. It has to do with, with the care of, of how you handle your, 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 uh, your, your image or your, or your books or your, or to some extent, yeah, I guess. There's, they, there's a lot I've adopted from the cigar industry with, with reptiles. It's surprising. It's, it's it's really neat to see uh, similarities and things that are so there's such a dichotomy and mm-hmm. uh, there's there's it's there's such a huge separation between these two things. You know what would you what would you think a chondro and a and a, and a and a cigar would have in common? But there's a lot to it. It's care. It's it's hand work. You know you're not you're not automating much with reptiles. Everything's done by hand for the most part. Uh, so so yeah, we can we can kind of always kind of keep that as a, as an idea. <laughs> working with these things well just you know like the the sitting and waiting on something you know you you buy a handful of young animals you know you spend good money on them you know they're going to be looking really solid as adults you know the process of raising those and then turning it into you know even if you casually pursue like say a lychee or something else chondro green tree or uh pop one whatever you know, maybe one baby out of that clutch has something different and you decide to just casually pursue that. Like, I'm going to hold this back and I'm going to see if I can make, you know, 
intensify that and just over sure. years and years and years just whittling it down and you know the same thing happens with cigars some of these these uh when they harvest the tobacco they put them in these things called pilones and okay. they're these big stacks of tobacco just big piles of it and that's what they ferment it in and some of that they ferment for a long time some of it they sit on for years before they actually put it in a cigar because they don't you know maybe it's not ready and then some year hits and they're like okay this now tastes like it should and that's when they're wow. like let's start okay. production on it so kind of a similar and, thing you know sitting on yeah. something and waiting and you know eventually it pays off it's just one of those things like you either knock it out of the park or you don't but regardless yeah you, know, you just enjoy it, it. are we all in such a hurry a hurry to breed something to create offspring that we couldn't give that female an extra year you know we couldn't we couldn't put some more size on that male mm-hmm. you know it's there's 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 a lot to that it's 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 patience if you don't have the patience to wait to try to create to have or to have these animals procreate to have these animals make babies then 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 you probably don't have the patience to deal with the offspring and then in, in turn uh, deal with selling them. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't post up on morph market or somewhere and all of a sudden you get, you know, they're sold. It's not, it's not that easy. Um, and, and I don't think it would be that easy for anyone. Now there are certain species, Legionis are one of them uh, that when you do have offspring available, if you have them appropriately priced, they fly. They, I mean, they, they sell quick, mm-hmm. uh, but breed a hundred of them. You think they're all going to sell that quick? Right. You're, going to, you're going to saturate yeah. a market. Uh, it, it's 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 not. It's never going to be as simple as it looks from the outside. So so you do do yourself the service, and 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 spend time in the hobby mm-hmm. uh, raising that animal, and you'll learn even before you breed about the market and how it works. Well, Andy Grossman's so take on that is kind of my favorite. He he told me at one point. Uh, every year I go into breeding and pairing expecting to keep every baby I produce. Like expecting not to, to, for every baby I have to not sell. Absolutely. And that makes you a lot more picky and choosy about what you're pairing. You know, you're not just being like, I'm going to pair everything I got. Some nice stuff will come out, some won't. Yeah. You you need to be breeding things that you want to keep because there is a chance that you will be keeping those animals. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if and if and if you think you could just you know I'm just going to cull the ones that don't sell or something I've heard heard stories of this well then what was the point in, what was the point in keeping right. these in the first place That's was it lot. was it just the money yeah there are way easier ways to make money <laughs> than, yeah. than the reptile business yeah uh, or, you know I, I don't I don't ever see myself being in a position where I'm making a lot of money off of this I I would love to have a a collection that maintains itself. And, and through through the last two years working with gargoyles and, and finally, you know, last year I, I sold probably 20, 28, something like somewhere there, a little mm-hmm. bit less than 30. I was able to build a lot of new things in my collection this mm-hmm. year that I didn't think I was going to get. And, and that's been a trend from the get go. Uh, I, I got my first set of snakes, uh, not in life, but in, 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 in after I had built this new house and moved in and, and I actually built a room with the intention of having this collection. Uh, I, I, I bought those with, with money that I had made, you know, after I paid for food, food is extremely expensive for all these animals, uh, you know, habitats. If you're bringing something in and you don't have something already ready to go, that doesn't mean don't impulse buy a corn snake at a reptile show. Do that. It's, it's, it's a great feeling, you know, it's, but you know, don't, you know, spend a whole bunch of money on some beautiful animal that you, you know, didn't actually understand uh, what what you were getting into? Yeah, the uh, wharf game so, is a prime example. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's oh tiny now. Yeah. Wait until it's five feet and then a real handful because mm-hmm. it doesn't want anything to do with you. <laughs> yeah. 
You can yeah, hold them in the palm of your hand now, but uh... <laughs> some of these pitchopus, you know, you see them at the show and they're not real warmed up or anything. Oh, they're man. all cute, and you get home and, oh. and, and they just sing you the song of their people. Oh my gosh, that is a prime <laughs> example. I got uh, I I got a pair of fork lines um, yeah. from Joe Forks, man, and uh, yeah. They're, they're, the female was an ass right off the rip. Like she, yeah. she sung me the song, and I was like, "All right, yeah, we 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 understand each other now. That was easy, you know." But I know and the male relationship, yeah, be. like we're cool. The male though, like I took him out, and he was really chill. Like, all right, yeah. like cool. I I can actually handle this one. Two days later, that did that thing wanted nothing to do with me but death. He yeah. just wanted my blood. It was there. There's something I, else, man. I have a few snakes from Joe. In fact, he's the gentleman I got these uh, these Brewster County uh, hogs from. Nice. And, and he is neat. He's he has stories, and he's been doing this for a long time. Those those forks, lines, Sonorans. Uh, I've got I've got a handful of them. They they are testy little critters. Yeah. They you you are you come on over and boot these snoots. I am ready. Yeah. They the, are, the they're, two, they're, they're, the, the two that I got are definitely ready to light any anybody and anything up, man. They are yeah. oh, like firecrackers. I remember being at your house last time. Like you took off the t- the lid and they were already like let's go yeah, coming out swinging. I I I use those to scare people. When, uh, if I don't if I don't want somebody in my snake room, I'm like, "Oh, I got to clean the pits." And I take one out and it starts freaking out. They're like, "All right, I'm leaving." I'm like, "Yeah, it's all right." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, they're 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 real good at it. No, yeah. I actually really like to I li- I'm glad that I have some that are puff- puffy because one thing that I like to educate people on with those is how they mimic rattlesnakes in the wild. Yeah, and absolutely. That, that's what the huge thing I use them for with education, just teaching people. There, I'm there like, you go. This is just, this is why everybody. Yeah, I can hear right there. <laughs> that's that's one of my males. I just opened up his tub. <laughs> just being a sweetheart. Dude, that little male hog I have is that way. I walk in the room oh, and I yeah. just hear thud, 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 and he's like just hitting the side of the tub. I'm like, dude, he is horrible. He's such yeah. a little jerk. Yeah, my male hog nose was like that, man. I think it's a male thing. I think it's. A like a tiny person he's all of eight inches and he's he's like let's go dude (laughs) that's hilarious i'm not actually gonna bite you but i'm gonna make you think i'm gonna smack you really really hard though i'm gonna hit my face on the side of the tub about 20 times while you're in the room that'll show you yeah deers deers eat all right um the male was a real problem for a while he's now not an issue he's he's I had them in tubs outside of a rack originally, and that really wasn't okay. jiving with them. But I put them in a rack where it was darker, and all you the also went didn't away. have you also didn't have heat on them. No, I had at heat first. on no, them. No, at first, before you put them in the rack, there were no heat because that was one thing I commented on. I don't think so. I think so. No, they had heat, dude. Mm-hmm. You sure? Yeah. Huh. The female doesn't have heat now. She's on the top shelf of. Oh really? Rack, but that room stays like yeah. upper seventies, low eighties. So. Yeah, if it for oh, a colubrid, yeah, like, if it's like seventy nine, eighty for a colubrid, I leave it. But since my room runs about seventy seven, I I give them a little external heat. Yeah, I I so I have a closet that's that's on the other side of the room, away from all the snakes. But some of the geckos in that area that I use for uh, quarantine, I kind of quarantine anything that comes in, and it stays in that kind of eighty degree, yeah, seventy eight, eighty. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of perfect. Uh, might dip, like you said, dip into the 75, 76 at night. And I might have a hot day where it's 81, but yep. that's also where you incubate my eggs and they, they do great. Yep. Uh, 
yeah, colubrids are man, colubrids are great. Anyways, Leachax. <laughs> so uh, back back on that. Uh, so so yeah, we're kind of looking at the the next kind of step I would take. Uh, and, and and I'm sorry, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on like different localities and stuff like that. I, I don't. I think it's a podcast in itself. You can spend yeah. a lot of time going through the different similar. You, you, you'll find there some are more aggressive. Some have different head structures. Uh, some are some are a little different with breeding. Uh, but for the most part, you'll kind of find similarities throughout all the stuff that I have. All the ones that I keep, all the ones I breed are non-locality specific. And uh, and I'm kind of breeding them for uh, there's like an olive color that I really like and a really bright white that I really like on the, mm. their, their lateral bars. Uh, so I'm kind of that's my focus with these and, and I, that's as a project what i'm what i'm working on uh i do have a pure nuami uh female from the hampers uh she's gorgeous but i'm using her to be in part of this line uh to to kind of enhance those colors mm-hmm. uh, so that's just kind of just an, an idea on the on the polygenics on I mean, either they are extremely variable but you you can line breed them it is like crescents and gargoyles you, you can kind of pick a trait out that you're working on and try to you know maybe hold one back uh but let's let's talk about say you, you're going to hold one back. You're going to get a baby. Uh, these geckos do extremely well in a small container. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they will actually stress themselves out and, and will stop eating if they're in too big of an enclosure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with my babies, uh, I, I do kind of fanboy a little bit on exoterras. Uh, I use an eight by eight by eight or an eight by eight by twelve. I keep them all individually. Uh, after they hatch for the first four weeks of any gecko's life. I keep it in a, in a small sterilite container on paper towels. I want to make sure that it's defecating. I want to make sure that it's, you know, uh, walking, climbing, doing gecko-y stuff. Uh, I, I think, I think that's important. And that way you'll kind of, you're, you're, you're this animal's only way that it's going to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so learn, learn as much as you can about it in its first couple weeks. And you will, uh, you know, usually by the fourth week, these animals are really well established eating, uh, pooping, doing their thing. And then, then I like to set them up. Uh, I do like to use like an eco earth bedding. Uh, I don't, don't make it too deep, but you do want to have it there to be able to soak up, uh, some water and, and keep that humidity going. Big cork flats. Uh, you want a cork flat that is about the height of the cage. Um, some of them, you know, they do fine with a little bit of greenery. You can do a big natural, beautiful setup. I, I'm not going to talk about that because I'm not very intelligent on it. Um, I, I have done, some uh, bioactive setups for my day geckos. Day geckos thrive in a bioactive setup. Uh, with any of these species that really dig down and have a soft egg, I, I try not to do that. I want to. I want to centralize where they're laying their eggs, mm-hmm. and I'll, And once we get to breeding, I'll kind of talk about how I do that. Um, yeah, I, I, I love seeing <laughs> y'all. All right. Yeah. Justin's over here almost like flipping the table. Really, really messing with me. <laughs> That's the thing uh, with cresteds that I always laugh at when I see people with cresteds and like natural exoterra setups, but they've got like six inches of eco earth and they've got a pair yeah, of yeah. I'm like good luck tearing that apart every month yeah. to find eggs. Yeah. Or when you, when you good luck when it ha- the baby hatches out, digs out, and mama's hungry. Yeah, I never Ooh, had, that, yeah. I, I never messed with that, but I had no doubt that those females would snatch one oh, of those yeah. up. Oh, yeah. That's one. Uh, and once, once we, I guess when we kind of hit on breeding, I'll talk about it more. But my, my female gargles and my female leeches are, are go getter gecko eaters and pinky eaters. And they're, they're, oof, they can be real aggressive with that. But uh, I, I like to keep cork box, uh, like a cork bark uh, pieces and flats. Uh, I really don't focus on having a bunch of greenery in with the leeches. I, I don't see them 
you know, they don't have a tail. They're wrapping around it. You won't find them hugging onto a branch that's smaller than themselves. Uh, they, they'll, mm. they, they, they want something that's that's got the same stature as their body. Um, so they kind of lay flat on it. Yeah. They, they kind of lay flat. Uh, kind of like they, Chihuahuas. They, right. Yeah. Chihuahuas do some really weird things with the way they kind of hide. <laughs> Some really uh, you weird know, things. <laughs> I love Chihuahuas, man. They're cool. They're, they're great. Man, we could talk about Chihuahuas, too. I, I did not have a lot of success in them. The females have uh, some, some calcium issues because, you know, they have a hard egg, uh, and they glue their eggs, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. And then they protect them, mm-hmm. which is Leachy's odd for blue. something in kind of the rack right. family because the Gargs don't care, the Cresteds don't care, but I've heard... Leachy's care. <laughs> Do they? Leachy. Uh, well, when we get to breeding, we'll yeah. talk about. I've, heard, I've just heard chihuahuas can be really like vicious little beasts. They, comes they to can eggs. be a little funky trying to get <laughs> eggs from them. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you, you your your gargoyles you find aggression in them with territory boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, and also they're. I think gargoyles are actually pretty intelligent for as cryptic of an animal as they are. If I have like a lychee out and I'm showing it to somebody, put it up. And take my gloves off, put different gloves on or something. Or, you know, use use hand sanitizer. You don't want your hands to smell like them. Because they've seen them and because they've smelt them, you go in to get them and you're, you're getting bit. You're and it. They, you're them. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're it. And, and, and it's 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 really interesting to see these these animals prey on each other in the wild. Uh, gargoyles and leeches eat baby geckos as part of their diet. Um, and, and a leechianus will take down a pretty decent-sized gargoyle gecko. Um, you know, if I ever have an egg that doesn't make it or a baby that comes out and doesn't make it, which is, which happens, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, you, you produce 60, 70 geckos, you breed you're, you're going to, it's going to happen. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it was going to happen. I, I feed it to my, my female leashes or my female gargoyles and they, they are so overly aggressive to try and eat these things. Uh, if, if I take out some of my smaller species, say I'm cleaning my cave geckos or something, uh, my lychee, uh, my big male will come out and sit on one of his little court flats and, and look right out the cage at them. Uh, they know they, and they have pretty good eyesight actually. Yeah. They're like um, those velociraptors. Like you just see yeah. the eye just stare. Like it's not actually focused on any one thing, but you know, they're just calculating and thinking. You know exactly what like, I'm thinking about. I know what you're attack. doing and I know you want to put it in here with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's, let's kind of talk about diet then uh, while we're hitting that, uh, this this is kind of a controversial subject mm-hmm. with some people. I do about ninety five percent pre mixed diet, uh, even with my adults. I, I rarely give them any insects. It's the same way with gargoyles. Uh, I didn't really keep cresteds enough to 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 make a difference on that. Uh, you know, I will occasionally feed crickets. I do have a dubia colony. It's just kind of something easy I can do. I have species that only eat that. Uh, but I really find that the diets do really well. I, I will add calcium in with females that are, that are breeding, uh, small amounts. Uh, I like the, uh, Rapashi brand, uh, calcium. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a, it seems like a very quality product and, and, and I've heard really good things about it. Um, every gargoyle that I've taken from baby to adult has been raised completely on either Pangea or Rapashi, uh, or, or, or a mix of the two. Uh, don't don't only feed your animal one thing. I think I think we, I don't think they want to only eat one thing. But then again, I don't, I'm not here to anthropomorphize these. I'll use that word again. Uh, I, I don't think they know any better. Um, but sometimes you'll see them uh, get a little more aggressive with something that might have some apricot or some fig in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like to hand feed them bananas. They do great with that. Uh, figs too. You get some really ripe figs. Uh, they'll they'll munch on those. 
uh, man, outstanding success doing this. You're not going to have the fastest growth rate in that mm-hmm. animal, but I, I, I've seen 20 year old gargoyles that have never had a cricket or a dubia in their life. Uh, in fact, with my, my Lucianus, uh, especially raising them, mine would not eat bugs. I never got them to eat bugs unless I, uh, took big juicy dubias and, what I do is put some calcium powder on them and then dip them in the actual diet and get them to kind of get aggressive through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know what it is. Once they get big enough to have frozen thawed pinkies, they'll, they will tear them up. Hmm. Uh, I'm a, sure a there's guy. some like small children roaming your neighborhood that you could also offer up if you, oh my God. <laughs> man, you don't even know. <laughs> they, 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 oh, look at this lizard. I'd be like, no, get in the cage. Come on. In. <laughs> you know they have a reputation for being aggressive i don't i don't think that's the right word to use uh i think i think it's defensive uh, they're very territorial um even you'll, you'll see the the behavior as a young animal as well uh, and i found that if you have one that's kind of being a little more defensive change its cage uh you shock it right and put it in a different environment <laughs> can't be territorial uh, if you're in a space you are not familiar with yeah <laughs> absolutely um I, I I'll, I'll kind of put a note on on the uh, on the the eco earth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can raise these things and have complete success on paper towels with PVC pieces of pipe inside of it that are easier to clean uh, with a little plastic water bowl. Um, as long as it has a place to hide, get out of view. Uh, I, I I truly believe that as long as you're keeping all your other parameters in line, uh, you're you're going to have success. Uh, they're they're pretty bulletproof. I think that if you get them too hot. Uh, you'll, you'll, you're, you're going to see some, you're going to see a very active animal. That's going to be very nervous. Um, I, I think that if you get them too wet, people, man, some people, you, you'll, you'll, I've seen mold in enclosures because mm. people are spraying so much and it's like, that's not, this is not good. And that also means you don't probably have good enough ventilation. So those, those, as long as you're hitting those parameters, um, leeches are great eaters. They're going to, they're going to clean the food bowl every time they're going to use as much as you give them. Uh, and that'll, that'll kind of push us into the next thing that leeches are really good at doing. And that is holding up and storing poop. Um, mm. They, they, they don't, they don't poop a lot. Like, you know, crested geckos. Oh, I don't know, dude. They, it's like they every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's there for sure. There's not an animal on this planet that poops more than a crested gecko. Like I, yeah, I, I, I even... they, like any small crew will <laughs> fit the bill. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're rats. Just, can, can, uh, they can, they can shoot poop too. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so, so yeah, the leeches, they, they, they kind of hold up and store and they use it as a defense mechanism. So you might be holding your leechy and you'll kind of <laughs> see it. They, they take a big, deep breath. Loading the cannon. And it is in any, any breeder that has ever worked with these things. It is the rowdiest thing in the world. It's liquid and it, it and they can shoot it about two or three foot. No, it's, it's, man. It, it's, it's so funny. And then they, and you're in your room and you're working with some snakes or something, and maybe they're on the glass. Cause le- leeches, uh, you know, gargoyles, they can climb on glass, but a lot of them never will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it's just something they don't do. Leeches can stick on the glass. Uh, they're, I don't remember the word for the, the their sticky toe pads, whatever, but, uh, you know, the, the, the Vander Walls interaction or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the, the little the the, the hairs, the little mm-hmm. finite. Uh, so th- they can they can climb on glass, and they even have a uh, you know the, the 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 toe pad on the tip of the tail. Uh, it's kind of almost exaggerated on leeches, 
so they, they they do a really good job of that. But so you freak them out, you know, and and then they they shoot a shoot a load off the cage. So that's something you got you got to kind of know getting into these things. Um, they 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 can be really messy, and you're going to be cleaning that cage a lot. Rectal uh, rockets. I, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Pitiopus kind of do the same thing, oh my and I've God. heard dry marcon could be just as bad, uh, or if not worse, with dry marcon is such a high metabolism. Uh, these guys just kind of load it up and, and wait about a week, and then then ruin your day. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it's pretty God. neat. Uh, we can kind of touch on U- UV. Uh, so this has kind of been a subject that's come up a lot. I've seen in the last three or four years with Lucianus. A lot of people uh, keep them with uh, UV lights. Um, in fact, I could tell you the one that's gotten really popular. It's one of the Zoomed products. Um, and, and I, I, I want to say it's the uh, Zoomed 5.0. Uh, people were keeping a, a smaller UV light on these animals. Uh, I have done it. Um, in fact, I kept a pair for a year on a UV light to see if it changed anything at all. These animals have been raised without ever having UV, uh, but, I, but I wanted to see. And, and I did not see a change in coloration, a change in appetite. Uh, they, they produced two infertile eggs that year. Uh, that was it. Um, and that, that was, you know, that was kind of my little study on it. I, I, I did just about 365 days of it. Uh, did you limit the exposure though, day to day? Like how many hours a day were they getting it? Uh, so in, in the winter months I was keeping it at about five to six hours a day. Mm-hmm. And then during the summer I went up to eight to nine hours a day. Cause I always uh, and, just and, get nervous with UV, uh, yeah. you know, especially with snakes, like green trees, you see some green trees that have like almost a black sort of stripe down the back. Yeah. And that's usually like overexposure from UV. Everyone thinks it's like some sort of genetic thing. It probably yeah. isn't. It probably just got exposed to UV constantly yeah. every day for too long. Because David Brahms at Specialty Enclosure Designs, um, he gives his condos UV, but he only does it for like I think four hours a day or something like that. Mm. It's definitely not full time. Okay. Yeah, and and, and that might have been something to kind of I, I should have considered. What what I did was I changed the enclosure a lot to where it had more horizontal hiding spaces so that they could be out of it. Uh, you, you really kind of you want to simulate a little uh, tree hollow, I guess is the best way to put it. With, with these animals, they they like to be vertical. Mm-hmm. They they like to be on cork bark or on the wall, uh, and 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 they they really they really do know kind of how to hide. They know when you come in the room where they can kind of skitter off to. Um, so, being that you know you have a baby, you raise it up. Uh, a plastic tub with proper ventilation is going to work great. You want something smaller and you want to get them to about 75 grams in that, which seems big uh, in that small of an enclosure uh, and then move them up. I, I, I always go to the next size, the 12 by 12 by 18. And then once, once you're shooting for an adult size animal, uh, you're, you're, you're looking at a 18 by 18 by 24 for any of your insular stuff. Any of your GT stuff probably needs to be in a, in at least a 24 by 18 by 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can kind of judge that based off the size of the animal. Yeah. Uh, and I think like those 200 quart Python portals that I've been building, I think those might work well. That might be a bit big, but. It, and I think if you, if you made it vertical, right. Yeah. You, you want to put it, kind of put it on its end. Um, I, I, you know, you usually don't see these animals on the floor, mm-hmm. uh, really ever. It, it does happen, of course, but it's kind of, kind of similar along the lines of, of, of any, uh, you know, I, I always found crested or, or gargoyles would kind of hang out on the floor sometimes. They just did. Yeah, uh, mine maybe, slept maybe, under maybe. paper towels a lot. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that, that's they'll, they'll do that. Uh, I, 
I rarely see the lychees on 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 any just kind of flat floor surface. But if you give them vertical, they just they just love it. They mm-hmm. they, they they stay on it. And when you're holding them, uh, and you're holding them horizontal, sometimes you can kind of tell they're uneasy. You know, if you give them like a like a little little angle to where you're where you're handling them, you'll you'll kind of notice a, their temperament might be a little bit more relaxed. Um, hmm. Kind of another neat thing, uh, they're they're very vocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so chirps. yeah, they make a really interesting little chirp sound when they're they're maybe worried or or or, or, or even when they're about to be aggressive. Sometimes you'll hear this little chirp. Uh, they also do like a really interesting cackle and a scream. Uh, which I would, I, which I will not be, uh, I will not be trying to imitate. That is not, Come on. that is not what I will do. <laughs> it, especially when you uh, pair them up, um, they they do some really neat things vocally. It's something that really draws you to the intelligence of these animals. They they're kind of an, another uh, another level beyond. I, I would say gargoyles almost take a little bit level above crestids. Crestids kind of can be a little silly sometimes. I don't mm-hmm. I don't mean to downplay them. They're they're beautiful, amazing animals, Keith. Uh, but they're they're not. They're not the brightest crayon yeah, on the box. And that was what was interesting for me when I was breeding crests. That was the interesting thing was, you know, they're they're not very vocal. But when you put them in with a female or you pair them up, it's like they have their own little language. And you can hear yeah. the male going after the female. You can hear the female, like, chirping back, basically being like, stay away from me, bitch. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> yeah. The male's still chirping like, hey, <laughs> hey come on. Girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and these leeches do very similar things. It's almost like they're they're letting each other know they're there. Or or man, when they get when they when they get aggressive towards each other, and, and we'll hit on that once we really look into breeding a little more. Uh, it's a scary. It's some pretty scary sounds actually. They're kind of a, a very. Uh, I've heard uh, uh, people describe it as more of a bark. Yeah. That they yeah have. absolutely yeah yeah. It's like this kind of screechy bark. Uh, it's yeah. very. I don't know, uh, raptor-esque as far as like birds. Sometimes right. uh, hawks and stuff kind of have that one frequency sound that they make that's kind of similar. Uh, I'll have to look it up on YouTube because now I'm curious. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say, I could, I, could, I could pull my mail out and he'd start chirping for you, but uh, it's also nighttime and that's not when you go grabbing leashes. Yeah. Uh, like gremlins. <laughs> yeah. So don't we'll feed them after midnight. Of... Don't get them wet. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very active during dawn and dusk, I believe the term is crepuscular. Yep, crepuscular. Uh, and and uh, you you'll you'll find them feeding when the sun goes down for the, that is that little hour two hour period. Uh, and you'll, you'll that's kind of when you'll see them drinking. And same thing in the morning. In the morning, you'll kind of find them kind of trying to nestle into their little where they're going to be for the day. And then it's 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 great during the day. They they almost never move. Um, in fact, they'll stick to the wall and because they're you know big fat lizard pickles uh you'll, you'll like i'll come home from work uh you know i check for eggs and stuff in the morning and i'll come in here at night or, or night before i you know spray or whatever i'm gonna do and they'll they'll have slid all the way down the glass and they're just in a little ball on the ground i don't know and, how i got here <laughs> and, and you kind of you gotta wake them up you know you want to sh- you know there i sometimes i use like a little paper towel roll i'll kind of tap them you go in and you grab that animal you're you're gonna get lit up half Jeez, the time they man. They They've have got teeth, really, dude. They have a very serious fight. Uh, that's they, they, that I, they probably have some powerful jaws. Yeah, yes, uh, they're they're ambush predators. Uh, they're very aggressive ambush predators. And if you plan on having a lychee, uh, they're they're extremely cute little babies. You can have the tamest, nicest, you know, whatever lychee in the world. 
it could let let you boop it snoot on YouTube all day long, uh, and and you're gonna get in there at the wrong time when either it's asleep or it's feeding or it's been aggressive or if you have them paired up. That, yeah, and 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 if you don't kind of go from the back and make sure uh, you're 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 gonna take a a, a real serious hit. Uh, I'd say, uh, you know, gargoyles are actually have a pretty, pretty aggressive bite. Um, when they do bite, they, they have a lot of teeth. Uh, leeches are way up there on, on, on bite and just jaw strength. Uh, and then I guess we'll kind of use, use that as a good way to lead into breeding these animals. Uh, there, there's a couple different mentalities on breeding. And so what I do with all of my animals is I separate the males from the females, kind of the same time that you're brumating your snakes. Uh, so, November to, you know, let's say Thanksgiving to Valentine's Day. I'm not saying that's the correct number to do it. That's just what I do. Uh, and I've had a lot of success with it. Um, I don't want to see my animals breeding 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 want, I want these things to live uh, for a long time with me. And if, if I don't get any eggs, and, and I have. I've had seasons where I've had animals not breed. I've had extremely successful seasons with uh, certain animals. Um so you say you have an adult male lychee and adult female lychee. The size of these animals is going to be dictated based on their obviously localities and stuff. Uh, my, my male floats between 290 and 300 grams. Uh, he's a good size animal. My female that I, I was working with for a lot of years with him, and I'm just using this pair as a, a very good example. She was about about the same size. Uh, how, how do you really know when, a, when, a, when an animal is sexually mature? I'd say with the males, you, you're probably closer to your two-year mark but you can give them another year. Uh, the males will go a lot younger than the females. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Lichianus, the females have a neat kind of telltale sign when they're, when they're ready to go, they start laying eggs. Oh. Uh, they're, they're very, uh, very common to see parthogenesis, uh, in these animals. Yeah. They ovulate almost like chickens. Yeah. It, know, it's like it's really, eggs. yep. And, and, and I like to wait, for a female to start ovulating before I start pairing it up. Uh, your, your first pair of eggs is probably going to be bad. That's okay. You can probably have them breeding earlier. I'm sure there's some gram number that some, some guy pushed his glasses <laughs> up his nose and said, this, this is exactly at 152 grams. This female is sexually mature at nine and a half inches. And I, Hey, that's, that's cool. I'm not a scientist. Uh, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wait till I know that this animal's ready to go. Maybe, maybe she never ovulates. Maybe she doesn't produce any parthogenic eggs, but she's three or four years old. Perfect. Let's pair her up. Let's see what she does. Um, so in order to prepare these animals to pair up, you, 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 you need to be ready. Uh, you want to be doing it kind of in that sun going down time, uh, whichever it is for you. I, I would suggest that these animals have a light cycle. Uh, you want them to have a day and night cycle. Uh, you can really see it in their activities and kind of the way they, 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 act and eat uh they they do things at specific times i've noticed uh so now you're so you're gonna you're gonna pair them up uh you've got your uh your beautiful male and your beautiful female that you've had for many years and you're ready to do this you're 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 gonna change the you you want a neutral uh location you want a neutral cage right uh because they are probably going to immediately show aggression towards each other uh if they are going into one of each other's cages i've heard people say you take the male and put it in with a female i've heard people say you take the female and you put it in with a male i you know what what if you don't put either one of them in with any one of them you know take them both out put them in tubs for a night uh clean out one of the cages you use a good solvent to clean it up so it doesn't smell like each other uh i i keep my cages with a a very small layer of soil so let's say half an inch a paper towel would be fine but but i think you're going to get a little bit better humidity 
gradient with a little bit of uh, soil. Uh, and I have a couple quart pots. I'm actually looking at the uh, enclosures while I'm talking about this. Uh, I use terracotta pots um, that are about eight inches at the top and, and cycle down to about five inches. And, and I fill them 75% of the way up with, with like an eco earth with, with a, with a, with a, some kind of a soil based uh, something. Mm -hmm. And I keep that really humid. So this is, you, you want this in there from the get go. You don't want to be changing their cage a whole bunch once they, once they've actually paired up. And I use that as a place for the female to lay eggs. And I've had a lot of success with that. They'll, they may try to dig uh, on, on, on the small amount of soil that you have on the bottom and you'll see where they push it around. But then once they find this area, they will, uh, they will really dig down into it. You, you can do the same thing with gargoyles. Uh, and I'm sure you could do the same thing with crested. You know, you use lay box. This is your lay box. Um, Le leeches are just, you know, they're big lizards, so you don't really want to, uh, you know, what what size plastic tub is going to fit in there and, and, and work. Right. Um, <clears throat> some people with leeches really prefer to use a very deep soil, and you're going to know when they're laying it. I mean, these, you're, you're talking, a, it's a big green lizard, man. You're going to see it digging <laughs> around. Uh, it's it's real hard to miss. Um, I try to keep cork, cork flats all the way up, bottom top of the cage. Uh, <clears throat> I've got my water bowl, uh, and, and, and so... Your your adult enclosure is just like your hatchling enclosure. I, I use this terracotta pot. Um, I don't know where I saw I saw some somebody did it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try it, and I've had success for years with it. Uh, the terracotta does a really good job of holding in moisture. Um, it kind of you could pour water directly into the soil, and then it'll kind of draw out through the terracotta pot, and it kind of becomes like a little humidity beacon. Yeah, um, it's pretty it's pretty neat. Uh, it's, humidity it's, diffuser. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's 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 and it's I've I've had success with it. Um, you know, don't break it. They're they're extremely fragile and fragile and stuff like that. Uh, okay, so we've got our, our our two beautiful leeches that we can you can take these animals out and outside of an enclosure and put them you know stick them on top of each other for your for your Facebook profile picture like I did, and they're going to be totally tame and and, and fine. Um, but now you're gonna put them in their enclosure, and and, and what I suggest doing. You know, some people may think that this is, is a little overkill. Uh, I shut off all the lights. I have a flashlight, and I, you're going to want to sit there for about a couple hours because uh, if these animals start fighting, you need to get them apart immediately. Mm -hmm. I did uh, that with Cresteds. I paired them, and then I'd watch just because I want to know when they've locked so I can know yeah. sort of when to have an idea of around when eggs will be showing up and when to start checking. Perfect. And and, and, and it's really neat with, with the Cresseds and the Gargoyles. You can kind of do the math on it even. Mm -hmm. uh, you're like, all right, I know 31 days from now this female is going to lay. This female lays in 33 days or 28 days. And, and from lock to then, uh, le leeches aren't – they're not going to lock up in front of you. You're probably not going to see the lock. Uh, what you want them to do is pair. You want them to bond. And and they're, they're probably going to get barky. They're probably going to maybe nip at each other. Uh, but – you want to look out for any inherent immediate uh, territorial aggression. Uh, they are going to mess each other up. And I'll, and I'll get some stories about, about that. They're, they will rip limbs off. They will rip toes oh off. God. Uh, they'll rip hmm. tails off. They'll, I've, I've seen them lose eyes. Uh, one of mine had part of its jaw cut off. See, and that's um, what I was amazed with with Crested. Is they're so gentle and calm when you handle yeah. them, but you pair them together, and it is so violent. It is extremely. Now, and these guys... The actual breeding process, when they're locking up, and I've only seen it a couple of times, they're 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 pretty chill, you know. The male bite on the female's neck, but uh, usually they don't show a lot of aggression back, and it's a pretty tame thing. What what you're hoping for is that they bond, and once these animals bond, you'll you'll know it. 
they'll be they'll sleep next to each other they'll feed sometimes at the same time uh you'll kind of see them start getting a little territorial over your little egg uh spot that you you'll they'll kind of create a little nest area and they'll, they'll know where it's at um, and you keep pairs together yes year round right and then you, you said you separate them and then put them back together I, but otherwise yes, and, they're and, together right correct okay yeah you 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 keep them with each other all the time awesome. uh, until you start seeing aggression which is the the it, it could happen uh in the middle of the night if you're home you'll probably hear it no matter where that's at in your house uh if you're not home you, you're you're gonna find out and it, it, it might be bad uh this year my one of my females uh i don't have any idea what it was maybe i set the cage up similar that i did the last year i had my, my one of my pairs was bonded doing great and, and she lost it i mean lost it uh she she tore into my mail she tore both uh, parts of his lower cheeks off mm. uh took one of his toes completely off um all i mean all the way down to the base uh, he's just hand, like what the hell man <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh hand completely lacerated Jesus. open you can see bones uh, you can actually insane. see the bones in his little hand uh jaw his bottom row of teeth on the right side was sticking out because his jaw had been opened up. Uh, you know, (laughs) reach in, pull this female out. She's totally cool. You know, totally tame animal, uh, separate them. Uh, at at that point that you, these things are amazing. You put that guy on some paper towels, give him some cork flats, keep a little more humid than you'd plan on doing. Maybe even use like a moist towel, a paper towel for a week. Uh, two, three weeks after that, you should see everything fully scabbed up. They probably shed three or four times at mm-hmm. that point. And a month later, you could almost not tell anything happened. No That's crazy. Way. The, the teeth go back where they're supposed to be. Now, I'm, I mean, my guy's missing a toe. He ain't going to grow his toe back. Uh, they'll, they'll lose their tails. They'll grow their tails back. Uh, you can tell they'll, they'll, they, they, they regen their tails pretty similar to their original tail. Uh, Scars, cuts go away. He still got some uh, on his cheeks. The damage was so bad, or his kind of throat area was so bad. He still got some little uh, little scar scars there. But it's crazy how fast they they jump back. That's and incredible. do you find some pairs just don't bond for whatever reason? They just don't click. Absolutely. They yeah. there are some pairs that you will put them in, and it'll be like two males. They will just blow up. Because there's start... some chondros like you pair them for whatever reason. They're just not into it. But you you replace that male with another male. It's fine. I've heard that. I've heard that's a real serious thing with uh, with lychees and get it and breeding them is you could raise two lychees for you know five years, whatever, and then you go to breed them, and if they're not compatible, they're not compatible. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, somebody is going to hatch out an albino from these things, and it's going to be the worst story ever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's it could happen. Uh, yeah. I have seen some of the most beautiful leeches in my life uh, that, you know, rose colored laterals and, and beautiful greens and just the best head structure and good size. And they are completely cannot be bred. Yep. Uh, they, they just they destroy every male they're around. Uh, I, I, you know, I waited a month. That, uh, I got a couple for and I think I had fertile eggs. So, you, you know, they lay their eggs. You know, they're not going to be like any of these lizards. It's a soft shell egg. Uh, you go in. To get the eggs, I like my terracotta pot. Excuse me, that I can reach in and take out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you reach your hand in there, you you may see aggression out of the There's male. There's not a skirmish. Yeah, yeah. 
they're 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 very territorial and they know they they have eggs. Uh, there's been videos in the wild of them actually kind of uh, trying to defend off predators. That uh, they'll they'll they'll, they'll kind of go after you if you try to take their eggs out. It's kind of it's kind of neat. It's really neat to see. Yeah. Uh, and then they get in an argument and they you know they get in a divorce, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and that's just something. And you know maybe this pair will 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 pair up next year and I'll just keep a real good eye on them and they'll be fine. They've been paired the year before. Uh, that's another thing with the, with the Lucianus uh, group. So or the, the, the geckos, uh, you you raise your geckos, you wait that three, four, five years. Uh, you know they're ready. You pair them up. Success. They've bonded. Awesome. That year you're going to get two infertile eggs, and then you're going to go to the next year. Yeah. Uh, and that happens. And, Do and they only lay able... one clutch a year? No, 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 no. They uh, they they can lay up to four. Uh, the most I've ever seen is four clutches. Oh, there's okay. Somebody, okay. you know. There's somebody out there that's, you know, pounding their keyboard. Oh, they, they, in the wild, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I keep really good data on that. Uh, but sometimes I had, I had a pair, uh, their first year breeding, uh, laid two infertile eggs and that was it. That's all they did the entire year. Uh, they were bonded. They were, they were locking up. They just, that's what they produced. And, and I was totally okay with it. That's, uh, you know, that's a decision that you make when you get these animals and you're keeping them, uh, you know. I, that's so I didn't get babies from them that year. This and you know this year I had a little bit more success. Uh, you know you, you'll get an infertile egg every once in a while, but but I think I got I got three clutches out of these guys, which which was which was nice. Uh, another pair I got one one clutch out of. Uh, first time female, uh, she had she had laid parthos, and uh, so uh, you know, and I'm really happy to have a a, a, a clutch of uh, fertile eggs from her. Now going back on that little uh, incident that I had with these two, uh, these these two in particular, I eventually. A month or so later, it was still breeding season, and I had a, a, a female available, and I tossed another female in with him, and they, they seemed to do all right. They paired up, and within that first week, he had he had beat her up bad. Uh, actually, cut open her stomach uh, with a bite, Jeez. and uh, you know everything healed up. Geckos are fine, but that's it. it it's it's, it's part of blood. it. You know, and then, <laughs> with all that, that is you know. Part of the thing that I think is so cool about them is that I would be willing to bet is they heal so fast because of it's that. Amazing. They know that they're going like, to get their yeah. like, But that, that's just how they, that, that's why they're, you know, every one of these reptiles is so perfect in its own way. And yeah, like, that's it's, one it's of the really things neat. that makes Lichianus perfect for exactly what it is. You know, it heals fast because that the, the geckos are a very aggressive breeding species, yeah. you know, no and, one will survive this blood order. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's, there's, it's insane how long these things live. There's plenty of stories of people that have these things in their uh, 30s and 40s, and they're still breeding, still paired up. Uh, I, I I know people that pair these animals up and have never split them up. Uh, don't take them wow. apart during the winter, uh, and just have had endless success 10, 15, 20 years of these things paired up. Uh, that's and that and that's great. Yeah. And, and you know, I may have been at that point this season if my male uh, th- that that particular male and female uh, which was which was a really you know just a pairing based off of coloration and size kind of like I had mentioned uh, if maybe they had stayed bonded maybe I maybe I hadn't separated them that winter you know uh, that's kind of that point where you can make that decision and say you know what let's let's keep them together let's drop temps right. and let's let's see how they go uh, you're you're not getting a bunch of eggs out of any of them anyways uh, it's not like a, not like crested geckos uh, you know crested geckos pump eggs out yeah, quite a bit especially if, you, especially if you keep that male in there and you've only got one or two females you're you're gonna you're you're gonna see probably more eggs than you want mm-hmm. um you know gargoyles kind of uh 
mirror the leeches uh, somewhat in, in, in the aggression as far as uh, ter- they're a little more territorial. Uh, but also, you know, I've, I think maybe I, my, my, my groups, I get five to six clutches a year, uh, something like that, about every two months, a set of eggs. But then again, I, I'm separating them during the winter, pulling my males out because uh, I, I do keep them together uh, when, when, when it's not winter. Um, and, I, and I see a lot of success with that. I don't, I don't really see any fighting with the gargoyles very often. It does happen. You'll see it also female on females. They, they get real territorial. Um, but I, I, I give them that break. Um, I, I, I kind of don't want to produce too many geckos in the mm-hmm. sense that I mean, I still got to raise every one of these things. And like we said earlier, uh, talking about this. You know, kind of my mentality on this mirrors the idea that you could be keeping every single baby that you hatch out. And you might not be able to sell right. any of them, uh, which, you would know, with a lot of these things are really cute, they're really cool. Uh, they, they, they do sell well. Leeches sell insanely well. Uh, it, it is it is an animal that 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 there is a there is an argument to say that this is this is a good investment animal. But then there's also that investment. Uh, you know, uh, I bought my female as as and one of, or excuse me one of my females uh was purchased as, as an older animal she wasn't a baby um she wasn't breeding size yet i think i put a year into her before i paired them up uh and, and she was twenty two hundred dollars uh, that, that's a big investment for an animal that yeah. you know almost <clears throat> murdered your other you know <laughs> came in on a killing spree yeah it, it and it's and, and i and i don't i don't want to you know I'm, I'm definitely not villainizing these animals these are some of the most interesting species to keep and care for uh the the the, the fact that they're so cryptic the fact that they recognize things the fact that they kind of understand moving you know their terrains around in their in their in their enclosures uh you know they they they're they're vocal they're 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 beautiful uh, i i really do think they're one of the, the kind of coolest looking species uh they are a very special and neat animal to keep, but it, it is going to take the right person. Uh, that's going to kind of be on that. They're very simple. I do not think these are a very complicated uh, species at all, but they are difficult, uh, especially if you choose to breed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, need to, you need to go into that. You know, if you've got enough room on your counter for one big exoterra and you plan on pairing up your leeches and that's the goal, that might not work. Uh, you, you might want to, you want to really think about what you're doing before you do it. Uh, what's the thing, what's oh, the incubation time on eggs like? So I, I'm uh, uh, kind of going back to that temperature thing. They, they're obviously temperature dependent. Uh, a high temperature, low hatch, uh, low hatch time egg is going to be in that kind of ninety to one hundred and twenty days, mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to be probably looking at males. There's a, a higher probability of having a male from a higher uh, incubation uh, temperature, um, kind of like leopard geckos, uh, but also the higher temperature uh they hatch a little quicker um you know so i'm incubating in that 76 to 78 degrees uh this year i think i saw 130 to 140 days Uh, so and and they're they're a very hardy egg you know like say you get some denting or it's not that perfect you you can you can put a a damp paper towel on them uh for for maybe 12 hours and you'll you'll kind of see that plumpness come back when you rehydrate uh i incubate on perlite uh, there's obviously vermiculite, hatchlight. There's a lot of different mediums that you can use. Uh, I just prefer parallel. I, you know, that's just my thing. Uh, that's 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 what I pick. Uh, I have used vermiculite in the past. Um, they sweat. Uh, you know, they have a natural enzyme that comes out of the egg that allows the egg to start uh, separating a little bit easier. It's kind of neat. You kind of have like a day warning before they pop out. Um, they're not like crested. They're very slow hatchers. Uh, they're going to hatch 
over a day or two. Um, and they're, they're very, you can see them physically tired when they come out. You know, these crests blast out and they're jumping all over the place and they're squawking <laughs> at you. And, it, and it's really neat. Uh, the Luciana's are not like that. Uh, there's seems <clears throat> seemingly a lot more work. It's, it's, a, it's, it, it's, it's mirrors the metabolism of the animals. Uh, it's very low metabolism. Uh, they're they're, they're going to kind of crawl out and it's kind of just, uh, you're not going to ever see leeches running around anywhere. Uh, they will try to jump when they're babies. They'll try to jump as adults. It's the funniest thing in the world. Uh, but yeah, uh, so so usually about 100 and, 130 days at these temperatures. So uh, there would there would be argument to say that I'm probably producing females, uh, but that's that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not not really. You know, you, you put a lot of time and energy into these things, and I, and I I'm really hoping that you know I, I hatch out six this year. You know, so. It, there's just not a lot of them, uh, a lot of them there. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, diet, I like to give my adult females, uh, pinkies that I dip in calcium powder. Uh, I think that that organic protein, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like an actual organism is really good for them. Males never, never really done it. I, I mean, if he was looked hungry when I was giving the female pinky, I'd, I'd give him, you know, I'd give a male one. Uh, I use Pangea products and Rapashi products. There are other uh, products out there. In fact, I believe that somebody's come out with a uh, Lichianus only diet. Uh, that's that's pretty neat. I, I've had so much success with what I do. Um, also, depending on what you're feeding them, depends on what their poop smells like. And because these guys, you know, have have human sized craps, we want to <laughs> we want to we want to have not so stinkies. Uh, so I, I, I found that those two particular brands. Uh, staying with like your Crested Gecko diet, your uh, your uh, breeder formulas and your figs. They really anything with fig in it and apricot they love. Um, that's kind of where I stay. That's the wheelhouse I stay in. Uh, all these brands are great. Uh, and then uh, occasionally bananas and figs. Uh, it's actually kind of neat to get to interact with an animal and hand feed it. Um, you think you that know. builds trust with them? I I don't I don't know. I don't know if they ever trust you or it's just that flight or fight kind of, mm-hmm. well, this is food I'm going to eat. Um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that any of these animals really enjoy uh, being handled or any kind of human contact. They just tolerate it. Maybe, Yeah. Uh, you know, some people think, Oh, I was petting my gecko in this way. It, it seemed to really like it. And I'm like, well, or was it trying to get away from your finger and do this kind of, this? Right. you know, there, <laughs> Uh, it, it's it, it, don't, it's, it's, don't it, put too much thought into it yeah uh and, and, and I, I really i really don't uh do i handle i handle all my animals uh, I, I you know my my daughter's three and and i want her to be able to experience all these things i want her to see them i want her to not be afraid of them uh, especially with snakes you know it's that's something that's villainized quite a bit uh and whether it's school or media or whatever um so so i do try to handle everything uh, some of my animals are a little more aggressive than others. Mm-hmm. You will have Lichianus that are just insanely aggressive. Uh, they're out there. Um, I've been lucky to not really have any. I do think that handling more as 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 neos as small as small geckos, and and as they're growing, kind of getting into that like prepubescent age, yeah. I guess when they're teenagers, the handling then reflects on how they handle uh, hands going in to grab them in the future. Yeah, some sort of familiarity. Uh, yeah. But once these animals are sexually mature, uh, and, and you see the same thing in gargoyles, this reflects on, on both the Rachidactylus uh, species that that, I, that I've worked with. Um, you, you can tell a change in their attitudes. 
it, it is there. They, they know, mm-hmm. you know, they, they know they're ready. They're, they are, they are designed to breed. Uh, you know, all of these animals are designed to procreate and, and, and make more of themselves. Um, it's, it's inherent in their, uh, in their, their genealogy, I guess. Just like I, Jake. I don't know. <laughs> My man. <laughs> no comment. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, th- there are a couple other species of Rachidacalus. Uh, you have your, uh, Trachyrhynchus, which is the greater rough-snouted, and your Trachyosophallus, which is your lesser rough-snouted. Uh, I don't have any of these, and that's literally because I've never seen them for sale. I don't think uh, I've ever seen any either. I don't know. If those yeah. Are, is there anybody even in the States with those? Yes. I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Steve Camelli over at Lethem Leachies has them. He kind of oh, okay. has everything. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. The fact that they have one to two babies a year, uh, and that, you know, they're live bearers, which is kind of really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard they're right along the same lines of, uh, keeping leeches though. Uh, so, so that's kind of a neat thing, a neat species that people should look into. And, and I'd love to see them get more popular in the hobby. Obviously, uh, they're just, they're, they're not out there. Um, somebody's got some, hit me up, shoot me an email, uh, South Texas, big daddy gecko underscore six, nine, six, nine at yahoo.com. That's not really my email. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's really neat. Uh, I, I kind of, I don't, you know, is there anything, uh, any, any, you know, shoot me some questions. Uh, yeah, because we're at about an hour 52. Yeah, about oh, wow. time to so uh, start to... wrapping this one up. So we're up. Yeah. Cool. Where can people yeah, find you? Uh, so uh, Badlands Herpticulture um, on Instagram uh, or Facebook. I don't have a website. I don't know if I plan on having a website. Uh, people are absolutely more than welcome to send me messages if you just have questions. Uh, I, I do not have any Lichianus available this year. I will. I will next year, uh, hopefully. Uh, you know. You know. Willing. Um, I, I can probably point you in the direction of uh, of some people that do have them. Uh, gargoyles. I've, I've always got a few. Uh, I, I try to keep my numbers around thirty or forty produced every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have. I have. I'll have five breeding groups going into the next breeding season, uh, and those are all paired up based on colors and stuff uh but yeah i work with a handful of other gecko species some of the goniarosaurus and some of the polyonics uh they're they're all pretty neat um but yeah if anybody's interested Got a little bit of everything out. yeah yeah i kind of i think that is a good way to do it um you know i've got some neat snakes and some of the clubbirds i'll be breeding this year uh hoping to see some king snakes and some gopher snakes and uh maybe some corn snakes i i i, I received some corn snakes with some from some friends this year and i thought i'd try them out see how cool. it goes and yeah. yeah there's there's a lot of man there's there's some really neat species that we're all really lucky to be able to work with we you know we don't all, always have to think about just the 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 normal stuff maybe mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know obviously corn snakes are very popular everybody knows they are but i mean you know uh, one of the species i picked up this year is a kunashir island rat snake oh those uh, are neat billy hunt has some of those they or at least are... i don't know if he still does or not but he had them when we were there they're amazing, man. They're they're a totally different attitude from other colubrids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of semi arboreal, and you can kind of, anyways. Well, I, I won't I won't get, start talking about a whole bunch of different. Uh, <laughs> other, uh, anybody, feel free to uh, to uh, message me. I mean, you just have questions about these animals. I I don't think I'm the end all be all. Uh, I may even say that to some extent, I, I'm still young in this hobby, uh, though I've been doing it for about 20 years. If anybody has any day gecko questions, I I've read. <laughs> three or four different species of day geckos. I love day geckos. Uh, I, I don't work with them anymore, and that's just, you know, things change. Attitudes yep. and ideas change. Yep. 
Yeah, hit me up and uh, bug me. I don't mind it. Awesome, man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah, we really, we really appreciate you. Took the words out. For of sure, right. yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it. We, bleh, we really appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs> All, All right, guys. man. Hey, have a good night. Y'all have a good night. Take yeah, it easy. Bye. All right. Oof. Woo. I'm tired. That's a long one. Yeah. I'm off tomorrow. You're not. Yeah, no. I've got to be up at 5 fucking 30 in the Aww. morning, so... All right. So I'm not gonna help you break down. I'm just gonna leave. Good. You want your power strip back? Yeah, you do. My girlfriend might be pissed if I don't bring it back. I'm gonna buy one tomorrow. All right. Solve this problem. I tried to hunt one down and I couldn't. I looked around my parents' house. I looked around through my stuff. I've used them all. I had a bunch of extra ones and they're all currently in operation. So subscribe, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Thank you to Steve Snakesuary. Please follow him on Facebook and Instagram. At Steve Snakesuary, Steve underscore Snakesuary. And big shout out to our other sponsors, Fish Head Diagnostics, of course. Don't forget to go get your animals checked out for nitrovirus. And I just did a test for the any... first time the other day. Yeah. Did you do it by yourself? I had my dad help me. Okay. But yeah. the whole process, I was thinking it was going to be no. like a process, and it's really not. It's, it, like it's not hard. Snake, it's just you just need an extra set swab, of hands. Yeah. yeah. It's not a hard thing to do. So get that done, guys. Message them with any questions you might have. And you pay for it. They send you the return label and everything. You just take your sample, put it in the little RNA file yeah, really thing, and then throw it in the envelope. Just drop it off at the post office, and it's you're done. It's not you hard. Wait for the results. They basically do all the hard shit for you. Yep. So, <clears throat> but as always, y'all have a wonderful evening, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Herpeticulture Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Herpeticulture Podcast. You can follow me, Jacob Bratz, at JLB Morelia. You can follow me, Justin Smith, at Palmetto Coast Exotics. Thank y'all for listening. We love you. You hear the sweet, soothing sounds of that howl off in the bit, off in the distance? Yeah, I do. It's beautiful. Yeah. My feet are cold. My feet are really cold, dude. Yeah. Are you wearing shoes? Yeah. I'm not. I'm wearing thin shoes and thin socks. All right. My yeah, we're showing. in the garage right now and the door's yeah. open. So it's like fifty degrees in here right now. Yeah. But yeah. I like that's it. that's cold for us uh yeah. South Carolina yeah. people. It's like summer for some of you. Yeah. But anyways. Anyways, y'all have a good night. Or day See whenever you, you later. Thanks again, Chris.